Are we officially live? I mean, yeah, but we can actually start <laughs> converse. We can actually start the podcast whenever we want to. Hey, welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast. Uh, we're drinking blue Hawaiians. Except for me. <laughs> and Sandy's drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, okay, so I have straight to ale, stout at the devil beer. She's a religious beer drinker, and she did not want any part of our frou-frou drink today. <laughs> You know, a very interesting way of describing it. Why don't you tell everybody about how you felt? How like... did you describe this drink when okay. you tried it? So I taste tested it, and I said it tastes like uh, when you're sick with like a stomach virus, and they have that like fruity cherry uh, <laughs> syrupy medicine that they try to give you uh, to like calm your stomach down, but it doesn't work. And then you like put Sprite on top of it and then you go throw up again. That's what it tastes like to me. <laughs> so his blue Hawaiian tastes like vomit. Yeah. <laughs> but a specific kind of vomit. <laughs> There's something in my beard. Nathan normally asks this question, but I'm gonna ask it today. What did we do in the gym today? Uh, ladies first. Okay, so I had leg day. Um, so Zach trained, you know, he's my trainer uh, and programmed everything. So I did uh, three sets of 12 squats at 50% and then a set of Mayo reps. Um, don't really, still don't really know what Mayo means, but uh, it torched me. <laughs> Nathan can explain that better probably. For yeah, so yeah. basically, and the, my original explanation on the first episode, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. when I was talking about it, I said 30 seconds rest and then you go into your, so you, yes. so you do your set 30 seconds rest and then you go in. I actually watched Dr. Mike recently say something about it. He basically said as soon as the, uh, like as soon as your, like if your legs are on fire, as soon yeah. as your legs are no longer on fire, that's when you start. Yeah. So we're really probably talking about ideally 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah it probably varies from person to person. And like, load to load, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Well, what's, what's funny about mine is like, I feel like it torched my back mm -hmm. today more than it did my legs. Um, yeah. Well, so that's a good point though. Uh, most big compound lifts, especially when you're doing volume work, and this is no shot at you, but most of the time you're going to feel it the most where you're weakest. Yeah. yeah. So if you're doing bench press and, you know, typically what wears out on me if I'm doing high reps on bench press isn't my chest. It can take a fucking beating. Yep. Typically it's going to be my front delts or my triceps. It's always my triceps. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's the reason, you know, you hear, you hear people like Death Grip Derek say... I need more tricep. Yep. That's because he needs more fucking tricep. He's an elite, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like bigger triceps, never a fucking problem. Right. With, especially if you're squatting low bar, most of the time it's going to be your low back before it's your quads. Yeah. yeah. When to be fair, I habitually skip, uh, reverse uh, hypers. Yes. I hate them so much. <laughs> I, I religiously so program I reverse know, hypers and I, and I, so that we have strong lower backs. <laughs> <laughs> I should do them first. Uh, Instead of, you know, waiting until the end. And then I'm like, oh, shoot. Mm, don't have oh, time. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> look at the time. I, I actually got to go. <laughs> got to go cook dinner. <laughs> so what did you do, Nathan? Uh, I also did legs. Um, it seems like every time we get together, I've done legs. But I only do them <laughs> twice a week. I think that's just because it falls on Saturday. Yeah. Right? We, so, we record on Saturday. Yeah, and, and then legs, so. it's always leg day. It's always SSB squats. Um, so I did... I did a top set at 300 for eight and then three mile reps, I think. It was, I think it was three mile reps. Um, and that was the end. And fun fact about that, Dr. Mike says you're an idiot if you do uh, mile reps with compound movements. Oh. Yeah. Well, but fuck it, we're doing it. I, I mean, no, I mean, I feel like it's great personally. Um, 
I definitely feel like I could get more out of it because I get more volume out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's probably. I mean, I think he would say this too. That's probably a blanket statement in that if you're if you're smart, all three of us are qualified coaches, right? If you're smart and you're managing your load, then what's the issue with doing the Myra Repsolon? Yeah. I, yeah. I would argue that it's not it's not that big of a deal. And keep in mind, I'm the only one in prep. These two aren't. Yeah. yeah. Like, they can get away with bending rules that I probably wouldn't right now. Yeah. I, mean, like, I, mean, I would never. I mean, 135 was my, like, 50%. And yeah. I would never. Like, that's warm-up weight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, we're not talking about, like, Sandy started this this week of programming for her. Is the first time she's still very much on a bodybuilding program, but it's the first time she's been given given a set number on her barbell movements yeah. in mm-hmm. about twelve weeks, mm-hmm. uh, or even sixteen. I don't know, but it's been you know at least twelve weeks yeah. that she's been given a set number, and it's also the first time in twelve to sixteen weeks that she's doing barbell first. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I mean, it was it was a conserv- absolutely a conservative number. So I don't feel guilty at all about the Meyer reps. No. I mean, yeah. I, I think that. Uh, <clears throat> We've talked about it a hundred times before, and we're going to get deep, deep into it now, but everything works until it doesn't. Yeah. So, like you know, like I said, this again, this is not something we're going to do in powerlifting prep. No, for sure. We need In powerlifting prep, you need confident, super high-quality reps, and you need to get the fuck out and get your accessory work done. Right. I mean, really, that's, that's it. But that's not what we're doing right now. So, right. that's my argument <clears throat> against Dr. Mike, who I probably shouldn't argue against. <laughs> 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 I mean, his legs are bigger around than my waist, so right. He, he's just a they're bigger around than his waist. They are. He's a fucking massive, massive person. Um, but he did actually mention like, I guess, and it may be that the way we are programming my reps is different than the way he would because, like I said, when he mentioned it, he said as soon as the feeling is gone, you go straight into it. Mm-hmm. So maybe because we're ready, and he said something about like the amount of time, like if you're doing like a set rest period then it's di- i can't remember the name he called it but he called it something else yeah um boy all this shit makes it sound real smart doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that myo reps myo reps <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fancy word for do more do more <laughs> and uh, but, but do let me let me, you know i'll end this tirade here in a second but what is the i mean really though doing the motto reps really isn't that much different than just simply training to uh, a given number of reps in reserve and then doing like a burnout set. Yeah. yeah. Which has happened traditionally for a hundred years in bodybuilding. Yeah. Right. And on every movement you can think of. Right? Yeah. So, I mean. Well, and whenever and then Dr. Just, Mike says, I feel like I'm going to get fucking jacked from Well, that. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, like you did, me and you both have messed around with, um, it's the Prilliquin chart, right? Yeah. Um, or Prilliquin. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Um, which is really made for Olympic weightlifters, but Ben Pollock, who's a big influence on both of us, mm-hmm. uh, applies those effective reps to bodybuilding principles, yeah. and really the myo reps really isn't much different, to be honest. I mean, in a sense, in, you know, you're, sense. you're basically uh, you're basically forcing more effective reps. You're right. basically you're basically taking enough time to be able to hit reps that would have been beyond failure had you continued to set versus taking the break. Yeah. And that's really, you know, that's that's really what it comes down. In my opinion, that's you know, that's a bird's eye view because I haven't applied them to my own training yet, mm-hmm. and I won't because I'm with Ron. But uh, right. you know, bird's eye view. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's, just is what it is. That's fair. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So what did you do? Oh, is it my turn? It's yeah, you, you, um, you, you asked the question this I time. I did ask the question Normally this time. I do go Most last. of the time I lead off. So I um, uh, I had an upper body day. Um, second time sh- shouting out Ron, but he's done such a good job managing my volume and stuff. I feel really healthy. Um, and I, ha- I had kind of gotten my feels about my current body weight, but just seeing myself in the gym today, uh, I think that despite the fact I'm heavier than ever, I actually was kind of happy with the way I look today, which is very rare for somebody. You know, last episode I spoke about, you know, my eating disorders and body dysmorphia when Elizabeth was on. But that's an incredibly rare feeling for me. And I actually was kind of content with the way I looked. And ironically, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Right. By a lot. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I'm, I mean, like, you're, you're I'm like, like six pounds heavier than I've ever been. And, uh, you know, a lot of that's credit to Ron because the work I'm doing is high quality. Um I think I mentioned the first podcast I was doing on lower body days. I was doing anywhere from 350 to 450 reps a, a session. And on upper body days, I was doing anywhere from, you know, five to 600 reps a session. And that's changed from, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that has changed from about, I would say lower body days. I'm doing about 200 reps per session, warm ups and everything. And then upper body days, I think, I think I had 286 today. Yeah. But the volume is higher quality. It's addressing specific weaknesses, and there's more things to failure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, there's less total work, mm-hmm. but more of it is near failure. Right. So, uh, like I said, I, w- I would say that it's just higher quality work, if that makes sense. So, um, but I had um, I had bench press, and uh, it was honestly, uh, and this is no shot to Ron, but because uh, he's definitely, we ha- I have a work capacity issue, and he's try- definitely trying to b- build work capacity. But I had seven sets of seven on bench at like 215, and that's mm-hmm. just, if y'all don't know, anything less than about 250 pounds, me and Nathan can dominate to just an absurd degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my goal today was make the first set and the last set look the same, yeah, or even be better by the last set. And that's what I did, and I achieved it, and I, I marked that off and did the work I was supposed to do and nothing more, and, and hell, it was a good day. So yeah. that's just what it is. Cool. Nothing Jeez, special about my programming other than he's he's pretty meat and potatoes. There's nothing fancy about it. So Right. And that's fair. I mean, going into a powerlifting program, you don't really need a lot of this yeah. fruit fruit. Yeah, again, that's the difference between me and you guys right now is I'm in prep and y'all yeah. y'all were in yeah. off season, so Yeah. You know, there's no experimenting happen with me. It's just tried and true. We're doing this fucking work and that's it. Yeah. Like so we're on operation get lean so we can get more jacked. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, but you know, I think it's been um, you're you're a little further behind a lot of my clients in terms of this program. But I think in general, I mean, you can look at Desi. Yeah. Um, for reference, that's that's Nathan's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But Desi is just completely and totally fucking yoked right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she's been in off season since uh, not for very long, for like three or four weeks. Yeah, as long. And as she's I in have. a she's been in a calorie deficit, so she's starting to look more yoked, even though mm-hmm. she's lighter body weight. Yep. But yeah. man, she's. Uh, She's really killing it. But even prior to that, you know, we had a long off season and then focused on our bodybuilding movements more in prep than we usually do. And I think that paid for her because she looks fucking stellar. Right. And uh, I got examples of, you know, 10 or 15 other clients that have benefited the same thing. I just feel like, you know, compared to other women in my weight class, I am so like thin compared to them like i, I do not well, have as well, much you're taller yeah and that's but i also i mean like like i'm i'm also like a, a pudgier 
Like they have a lot more muscle mass than I have, but I, th I think that this is going to benefit me a lot. Yeah, and I don't mean, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to shit on CrossFit, but the truth is that me and Sandy came from a CrossFit background, and it's just a freaking fact. Um, CrossFit is incredibly good for building the overall work capacity. It's incredibly good for overall health and wellness. But when it comes to, in my opinion, when it comes to the powerlifting world, we did not have the base of muscle no. that maybe Nathan did with a. I mean, it may have been a bro, bro split kind of thing, but yeah. a loose bodybuilding background. We did yeah. not have the framework of muscle most people have going into powerlifting. Right. And even now, what I'm working on with Ron is I have weak shoulders. We fucking pound shoulders. I have weak quads. We pound quads. Like, yeah. even now, even though I'm in prep, I'm hammering home these bodybuilding elements that I didn't get enough of. Yeah. And, that, and it's just all it is. It's just not the same sport, and it didn't set us up with a foundation to... to to play the sport we're in now, to right. be honest. Yeah. So we're having to do some backtracking, and it just is what it is. So. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, no, no real shot at CrossFit. It's just not. Uh, it doesn't provide you because it's all so high, high intensity. It does not provide you with the basis of muscle you need, in my opinion, to be a good powerlifter. Yeah. yeah. So that's fair. I mean, it's two different sports. I yeah. mean, when you look at. What, what's, what's the guy who always wins CrossFit games? I mean, it used to be Rich Froning. I don't know who the fuck it is now. There, there's but, some guy who always wins. Yeah. He's like the top guy. But, but I mean, let's be honest with you. I mean, these guys are... Matt Frazier was... Matt like, Frazier. He's, he's been the one that's fucking it tearing yep. it up. Yeah. Extremely strong individual. Not taking it, not taking anything away from him. But if you look at him in an Olympic lifting context, he's less than average. Yeah. If you look at his ability to run a 5K, he's less than average. Like, CrossFit is a sport of being average. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Just, but you have to be a little bit good at everything, and yeah. for that reason, you can't be great at anything. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Uh, Tia Claire Toomey is that who it was? Yeah. The, the Australian lifter, New Zealand lifter, CrossFitter won. You know, she won women's several times in a row. She was also an Olympic, an Olympic weightlifter, mm -hmm. and fared okay at the Olympics, but she never won anything. Right. And there's a reason for that. It's because CrossFit got in the fucking way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you yeah. can't you can't be a good Olympic weightlifter and have that level of metabolic conditioning too. Right. Yeah. And I, I just think that honestly, um, these are elite athletes we're talking about. We're not comparing ourselves to them at all. But uh, I'm just telling you from an, from experience, when you're doing high interval training all the time, that is not a good recipe for muscle building. And me and Sandy are catching up, but we're paying the price for that now. Right. So it just is what it is. That's fair. And so you you had something you came to me earlier with about that you wanted to talk about. Uh, pretty new to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, so um, we're all big metalheads for the most part. It's not all that I listen to. Um, I, I listen to a lot of shit. I yeah, I absolutely that. listen to a lot of shit. I'm a musician by formal education, and all my life I've been a musician. Uh, Nathan has at least at the very minimum dabbled in music and. Uh, has grown yeah, up around it. Yeah, I mean, we got guitar. guitars and amps in, in this room. Um, but uh, I decided that uh, we should talk about what we listen to in the gym. And uh, I think that's really interesting. So today I'm just going to give my top four PR songs and then we'll do new <laughs> stuff from here on out. Um, but I'm going to start with Nathan and we're going to pick out three, three or four songs that uh, we think y'all should listen to. And we're going to uh, link a playlist under this uh, podcast uh, whenever it posts. So, uh, so for me, I have a, well, I'd have to really go in and dig, but I'll, I'll try and pick some variety. So I really like, 
as I lay dying. And, yeah. yeah. I've been listening to them forever. As but Late Dying good. Is, is great. One of their, what's, I think it's uh, Beyond Our Suffering. That's that's really good PR song. Um, I like Dominate by Beartooth, which might get a few laughs out of it because it's Beartooth. But it's a really <laughs> good song, and I, I, I like Beartooth. Um I have one of those too. That's gonna get a laugh. For some people, some people might be like, "Yeah, Beartooth goes hard." And I'm like, "That's not that hard." For it's the record, not, it's, it's not, not that's, that that's hard. hard. Yeah. But it, but it's a killer song. Yeah, that's all that matters. This isn't good. We're not, we're not judging. If anybody has hot takes about music, it will absolutely <laughs> be me, and I will judge fucking hard. <laughs> I'm um, judge so hard. And I will say, uh, basically, the entire Black Adam soundtrack is really fucking good for the gym. We're talking about like the orchestral yes. part of that? Yeah, not not the not the rap. I'm surprised you listened to that when he left, to be honest with you. Oh, I, yeah. I should try that. I mean, orchestral and like, like um, score, movie scores, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, movie I'm scores are fantastic to listen to because like, especially if, you, if you're like reliving stuff in your head, like moments of the movie or moments of like whatever media it came from, you're just like really getting pumped about That's it. Fair. That, that all, anything like that. I could probably get down some Hans Zimmer Oh, the, the fucking, uh, the, I mean, the original, I mean, not the original, That's uh, but the Christopher Nolan Batman. Yeah, Christopher Nolan Batman. I have that on <laughs> Spotify. I listen to that at the gym. I could get that pretty frequently. So what else? Is that it for you? That's all. I'm, I, I, I listed three. I figured that'd be pretty good for right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well I've listened to the entire soundtrack, but. Okay, but. so um, I have this playlist called I'm Probably Going to Hell. And it's all my favorite songs about the devil. <laughs> That's probably my most listened to gym playlist. But is is um, The Grand Conjuration by Opeth on it? It's not. No, I don't have any Opeth on it. So oh, it man. starts out. It's a lot of older stuff, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, like a lot of But that's cheesy. like the Satan song. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, love, it probably is. I love cheesy, like. She's, she's going to listen to something. Not necessarily power metal, but she likes her 80s. Yeah. Like Iron Maiden and shit. So, yeah, so like my top, my top three. So I love. <laughs> I love to warm up to Shout at the Devil uh, from Motley Crue. That's Motley Crue for all you youngins. <laughs> that's my favorite warm-up song. Like That gets me going. Well, she's drinking uh, Stout at the Devil. I know, tomorrow. yeah. So I kind of think that that might be what brought this song, was my Stout at the Devil. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Shout at the Devil is my favorite warm-up song. And then uh, I really love Iron Maiden's The Number of the Beast. Uh, yeah. That's like PR song for sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then Blow Your Trumpet Gabriel mm -hmm. um, by Behemoth, by Behemoth yep. is my like puke and rally song. Uh, <laughs> 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 like I, and I have my, my playlist programmed like that. So like I have a bunch of heavy shit in the middle like Cannibal Corpse mm -hmm. and Black Dahlia Murder mm -hmm. and just like shit that makes you want to run your head through a wall. Yep. Um, and then I kind of like, like towards the end, oh gosh. There's a, uh, a cover, uh, Red Fang does a cover of... Uh, Hell's Bells? Hell's Bells. And Which it, it fixes it because ACDC sucks. Oh That's my, my god, take it is so good. <laughs> it makes me want to some nerds. Uh, <laughs> so like that and the Behemoth song and stuff like that, kind of like, it, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I can finish this leg day workout. Um, right. And then, uh, and then I like round it out with some like Danzig and Ghost and some like, like you know. Lighthearted metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's pretty fun. 
All right, so I'm just going to do PR songs because that's the way I feel like doing it today. <laughs> um, and to be fair, oddly enough, I, I haven't been... I've downloaded a bunch of new music, but I haven't... Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm just fucking behind. Yeah. I, I have it downloaded and it's ready to listen to, but I just haven't done it. So that's the reason I'm just going uh, PR songs. And uh, the first one, and most important, is so good that I have a tattoo of it. Is uh, <laughs> worthless by the Acacia Strain. That's a good yeah. song. And uh, if that doesn't make you want to run your head through a goddamn brick wall, I don't know what does. I mean, that makes me feel fucking powerful. If anything yeah. does, that's fucking. Uh, that whole album's immaculate. Listen to it, but yeah. uh, but worthless by the Acacia Strain is fucking awesome. Um, and then uh, Sandy's gonna think this is funny, but uh, because I have a talent when I've been drinking a lot. <laughs> I can rap the Notorious B.I.G. almost any song in its entirety, uh, but it does require me having three or four drinks in me. But I am I, in, my, in my old age, I have become passionate about rap music. Um, I don't know how because I'll be honest with you, I never appreciated it when I was younger. Yeah. But I love it. Does it's it, it, you know like the musician in me really wants music for music's sake, but there's a music fandom in me that really wants a, tor a story told and. A lot of people point to country music when it comes to uh, telling a story, but I want, I'm here to tell you that that shit's that's dog shit. <laughs> um, people that tell a story, if you want a story told in your music, rap is where it's at all day long. Uh, I can make a whole podcast about my rap preferences. <laughs> but, um, huge Notorious B.I.G. song, and one of the ultimate songs in the gym anywhere is Machine Gun Funk. And uh, <laughs> that song is goes so fucking hard it's so goddamn brutal for a for a rap song and i absolutely love it so that's definitely uh it's much more lighthearted than worthless is <laughs> that's definitely number two for me um number three and this is back to serious shit, more, a little bit more serious shit in the gym um it is the absolute fucking goat of uh, old school thrash metal, and that is Creeping Death by Metallica. Yes. It's a goddamn masterpiece, <laughs> yeah. and you cannot fucking tell me otherwise. I've gone through it like a whole just list of Metallica songs that are important to me on a playlist, but I think the one, even over Battery, even over Master of Puppets, the one that I come back to the most is Creeping Death. Man, and, when that break breakdown hits, oh like, fuck, it's yeah, just, it's just like it's, it's it, dude. I mean, it's it. I mean, it's it's the. Creeping Death is, is elite yeah. on every fucking level. <clears throat> and then the one I'm going to get a lot of shit for, because I'm a real metalhead, and this is not a real metalhead choice, uh, but I'm in love with this song, but it's Between the uh, not Between the Buried and Me, God. Between the Buried and Me. No, it's not Between the Buried and Me. <laughs> yeah. um, do not confuse that. That's a much, for the record, that's a much better band than what I'm about to say. I'm a little drunk. <laughs> but it's Bring Me the Horizon's Kingslayer. Yeah. Yeah. Kingslayer makes me absolutely <laughs> want to tear a fucking room apart. And it has the Korean pop band Baby Metal in it. He loves oh, really? and, I, <laughs> and I absolutely love that fucking song. That song rips so fucking hard. I can lift fucking anything if that song is playing. I promise. That's like, I don't know what it is. That's my goofy one. I had three serious ones and a goofy one. And, uh, I don't think it's going to get worse than, than Kingslayer, probably. I've It's a really it's good song. Really it really good. is. But uh, it's very much new, Bring Me the Horizon, in the sense that it's not, just not... It's not Alligator Blood, which is another PR song, yeah, I suggest. Not to, not to just cramp this whole thing and take a fifth one, but <laughs> listen to that song. Yeah. Uh, it's very lighthearted compared to old Bring Me the Horizon, but uh, that song fucking rips. Kingslayer, listen to it. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. That's so awesome. now up on uh, this is this is the meal prep episode, but uh, to bridge that, we wanted to talk about fad diets, and me and Sandy have yeah. done about every. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of shameful to say as a personal trainer, but we've done about uh, every yeah, fad I, diet you can imagine. We didn't. It's not, I mean, we I didn't start it. out as a personal trainer, though. No, I didn't. And even yeah, so, true. I wouldn't say it's shameful because you're trying new things to see what yeah. works. Yeah. I no, even tried veganism one time, and I lasted that lasted like about a week, four days, and I was like, <laughs> I want a goddamn steak. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That's a. That, <laughs> Um, disclaimer, people are going to get offended, and I don't really give a fuck. Um, Wes Harrison, if you're listening. <laughs> fuck you, man. Eat a steak, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, and I love you, for the record. But uh, but every major piece of sports nutrition literature, uh, nutrition literature in general, says animal protein is vastly, not even a little bit, vastly superior to plant protein. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, me and Sandy and our meal prep endeavors have discovered why, and it's because of uh, amino acid availability. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so I'm <clears throat> taking my, uh, well, studying to take my cert to be a nutrition coach, mm-hmm. and in it, they talk about vegetarian and veganism diets, and if you opt to go that route, um, so when your protein source is incomplete, your body can't really absorb or synthesize protein um, properly. properly. Yeah. And so uh, you have to pair certain foods together to make sure that you get a full amino acid profile, which never, like I have never seen that talked about on any kind of vegan or vegetarian diet ever. Um, But like, so if you're eating, you know, beans, you should also be eating rice with it to make sure that you get every single, the full spectrum of amino acids, because otherwise your body just doesn't absorb them as well as they should. And then like, if you're eating nuts, you should be eating grains with it. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know. I just think that's a big, like missing piece. And it, it there's, it a, doesn't get talked about. No, it doesn't get talked no, about. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many like vitamins and minerals that you get from, from animal protein that you can't get from, uh, from vegetables. Omega threes. Um, uh, yeah. just like fucking Whitney, I think iron, yeah. Um, it, it happens obviously in vegetables at a pretty high rate, but not like it does in red meat. Well, I, iron, um, iron, the big thing with iron is like, uh, so it, there's heme and non-heme iron and non-heme iron from vegetables. It has a whole bunch of that, but your body just doesn't absorb it as well. And then there's also like phytonutrients and stuff in beans and rice that, and grains also that cause you to not absorb iron as well. So if that's the only source of iron that you're getting, your body is, I mean, you're likely going to be short on iron. Yeah, that's a problem. And nobody says that. First of all, nobody know when you take an iron supplement, do you know which type of iron you're taking? Fuck no. Exactly, you don't. Be, and and, and, and like, this is not, not even... But but that never gets talked about, and I think it's this isn't supposed to be political. But there's definitely an agenda to push us more toward a vegetarian or, or vegan diet, and those kind of facts. They're, they're, this is stuff that has been proven by science. Yeah. Does not get talked about enough in mainstream media or anywhere else about the shortcomings of it. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong, and we're going to talk about this in a second with wanting to be vegan or vegetarian. Right. Um, but. Again, those are things that you have to be, if you choose to do those diets, you have to be aware of. And I'll go ahead and say this. If you see a jacked vegan, there's probably a reason. And this is not calling anybody out or anything like that. But one thing that helps with protein synthesis and one reason, one of the reasons why you want to take them 
is performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. So if you see a vegan vegan that's not just not just ripped, not just skinny and no body fat, but if you see somebody that's like elite level strength, uh, stuff like that, and they're eating a vegetarian or vegan diet, the likelihood of them being on PEDs is probably a hundred fucking percent because <laughs> that because it but because it because it helps with protein synthesis, and if yeah. you have a deficiency in iron and protein synthesis or amino acids and protein mm-hmm. synthesis, yeah. PDs is probably a pretty fucking good option. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean. Yeah. Well, um, and, and you know, I mean, the problem with like trying to supplement, other than PDs, but like trying to supplement vitamins and stuff, is that none of that, none of that stuff is tested, and and like independent studies have shown on a lot of different types of vitamins. Uh, like melatonin, for instance, um, which I take regularly, so I'm about to get my balls busted, probably. <laughs> no, no. But there's like, you know, I mean, they tested several different brands, and very few of them actually had the amount uh, of melatonin in them that it said that it had. Some of them had way more, some of them had way less, and some of them had some compounds in it that it didn't advertise for. Mm. Um, and so it's just that stuff's not regulated by any, you know, like the FDA or anybody like that. And so you just don't know unless you, there's a, I can't remember what it's called. There's a website though that does independent testing, like third party testing mm-hmm. of different supplements. And it does like, you know, show the efficacy of certain supplements and things like that but um uh and you could probably research that and check it out but you just have to be careful on that i was gonna like, say if you if you can remember find that we'll, yeah we'll link it okay yeah I'll, I'll try to find that but um but yeah i mean like iron and stuff like that like you know if you take a supplement who knows if you're actually getting what you think you're getting right um so we have uh i have two clients specifically that are on some type of diet that are similar uh and have done it to some great success so a lot of the things i just said needs to be taken with a grain of salt because you you can be healthy and you can build muscle on a vegetarian or some type of vegetarian based Mm -hmm. diet so keep in mind me and nathan talked about this before but there's not a lot of absolutes in fitness the only absolute i believe in in fitness is calories in calories out Uh, and we're going to talk about that a lot um today um but getting more into the fad diet thing is i have a vegetarian now uh, we eat a lot of dairy and a lot of eggs mm-hmm. to help with protein. And again, those are animal proteins, so yeah. it helps with the BCAA oh, yeah. Avail- yeah. availability. Um, he's actually a, a close friend of mine, an employee of mine, and uh, I can monitor pretty well what he, I got a pretty good idea most of the time of what he's eating, mm-hmm. uh, probably better than most clients. Um, uh, and, and he's done it to pretty great success. I mean, uh, for weight loss or for muscle gain? Uh, well, a little bit. He, he's mainly primarily for, for weight loss. Okay. Um, and there's some benefit to being a vegetarian or vegan when it comes to strictly weight loss because when you cut a whole food group out, um, inherently cut your calories. Well, well, yeah, absolutely, inherently cut your calories. We're going to talk about more about that with keto and stuff like that. But um, with vegetarianism, you're cutting out a ton of fat that you would normally get from animals. Right. And the majority of his protein is coming from egg whites, not whole eggs. Matter of fact, this week he's on a water cut and he's going to get whole eggs for the first time in uh, several weeks. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Uh, um, you know, he is getting animal-based protein, uh, and he is growing, um, muscles coming up and body fat's going down and all those stuff's, stuff's good. Um, I will say this though, and this is no, uh, no shot at him, but, uh, it does not happen. It does not happen as rapidly as it does, um, in somebody that's on, uh, primarily meat-based diet. Right. Um, the other person I have is a pescatarian. She eats vegetables plus fish, mm-hmm. uh, plus dairy. She also eats eggs. 
um, she has done it to great success, but I, I think I can, I think I can, can uh, attribute that to fish because tr fish for the most part yeah, has all the, has a complete uh, BCAA profile and it also has not all of, but most of the things that red meat has in it. Right. So, um, can you still do a vegetable based diet and be successful? Absolutely. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you science says it is not fucking ideal to go without plant-based proteins and anybody I've seen have success with it is either a vegetarian or pescatarian and still get some type of protein from an animal source. So it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and I can't comment on any of that because I've never tried it. Uh, well, well, you know, getting <laughs> this, this, this is a good bridge to the next thing and that um, I really believe this about diet and there's so many people that have such a, there's so many dogmatic views about diet. But the truth about diet and the truth about weightlifting in general mm -hmm. is the best plan is the plan that you can stick to. Yeah. If you can stick to veganism and you can do the things that it requires to be healthy, have yeah. that full BCAA profile that Sandy talked about, do the thing that is required to make that diet work and at an optimal level, that's great. Don't have a problem with it. Um, I do think you would make it things harder on yourself than they have to be sometimes doing those kind of diet. But if you can do it, do it. Um, a person, and we'll tag him because he's an awesome dude. Um, something that gets shit on a lot is because it's popular right now is carnivore and keto. Yeah. Me and you know somebody personally, he's a client of mine, mm -hmm. uh, and Albert Wisdom. And I only say his name because he doesn't mind us talking about him. Yeah. And his success is so good. There's not a negative thing you can say about Albert. Oh, yeah. As a human being or as a client, for the record. He's, he's a wonderful but person. But before he ever came to me, this is, this is a man that saved his own life. And there is no doubt about this. He was 500 pounds. Yeah. This is a man that saved his own life with the keto diet. Yeah. And you have people in the fitness world that will just fucking flip their dick out on the table and shake it at you and tell you the keto diet don't work. <laughs> right. But, but I know in a practical sense, yeah. I have watched this. This saved this man's life. You yeah. know he was morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. He knows that too. Yeah. It changed his life forever. He can do things that he's never been able to do. He's stronger than he's ever been. Yep. He's fitter. He's happier. Everything about Albert, I know because he's told me, is better than it was prior to that diet. Yep. So, me as a personal trainer, though, I'm being honest about this, and me and Sandy have done it. We've done the keto diet, um, and I can do it to some great to, to great success if I do what I'm supposed to. Um, but again, just like the vegetarianism and everything, uh, science says you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, saturated fat leads to heart disease. Does this? Does that? Everything else. Um, you have more fat in your diet than you have carbohydrates. So theoretically, you're at higher risk of overeating your calories because mm -hmm. there's nine calories per gram of fat versus four calories per gram of protein. Um, all these things. And you can just talk about that to your blue in your face. But I'm telling you, this man just fucking saved his own life yeah. doing it. Yeah. So, like, there's something to it. That being said, the something to it is pretty simple. And that's that he is, by eliminating an entire food group, group of carbohydrates, mm -hmm. he is... Oh, reduced his yeah, overall yeah. calorie count for the day and he's been able to he's been able to lose weight and at the end of the day again i said the plan that you can stick to is the plan that works yeah. he was able to stick with that he ate chicken salad fucking six times a day for a year or two whatever it was and he lost 200 fucking pounds now, you know, now you know, i can't like, say because <laughs> he, he spoke to me because i've i've known albert basically my whole life um i remember when he was doing it and he he went to very 
very strong extremes when he did keto. He was also doing one meal a day. Intermittent um, fasting sometimes. So he, he would be, you know, and he would tell me, he would be like, I ate chicken and jalapenos and green peppers and just, because he was working at Domino's at the time. So he would just put all the stuff and he was like, I put, I made it as spicy as they could. So I would just shit it all out. So that basically I wouldn't have anything in my stomach. Yeah. Like he would eat it to basically satisfy the need to eat, but that was it. Yeah. That's so right. he went to really, which probably necessary, but he went to very ex extreme ends of it to lose that weight. Yeah. But he, like again, but he, he saved did. his own life by doing that. Yeah. And and, and I don't, I, I know he doesn't have a problem with me saying that. Yeah. But I mean, when you go from five hundred pounds to under three hundred, mm -hmm. uh, that's fucking proofs of the pudding. But yeah. I, I mean, I, you can fucking get it upset and puffy chested all you want to about keto not being good for you or not working but it saved that motherfucker's life yeah. yeah and that's all there is to it and he's a good fucking dude we're glad to have him here absolutely we're glad he made that choice absolutely. So, I, I mean you know, <clears throat> i mean talking about fad diets though i mean i feel like a lot of the way that we now um is could be attributed to the whole 30 uh because yeah that's, absolutely. How, that's the first thing that we started when we well, it was paleo, but yeah, yeah it was paleo. Paleo or Whole30 is basically the same diet. Yeah. And that's still largely, if I had it, if I felt like I could get enough calories in, yeah, uh, I need more calorie-dense carbohydrates, especially I need rice and potatoes and stuff to, mm -hmm. yeah. well, now, to sustain our activity level. But still, we're very much, if we had an ideal meal prep situation, yeah. It would be as close to Whole30 as it could be. I mean, that got us, that people, got us on the track to eating whole foods, which we mm -hmm. absolutely were not doing before. Before, no, absolutely not. Uh, and not didn't realize how shitty we felt. Um, yeah, that's another thing. It's a wild thing when you get in touch <laughs> with your body. You don't know how bad things were until you're out of it. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden things are put in perspective. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily call, and I'm, I'm saying this at, at risk of being criticized for it, and I really don't care because... You know, fuck it. That's what it is. But I really just don't consider paleo or Whole30 a fad diet. Yeah. I really believe that's the closest thing to the way we should be eating as possible. So explain that to me. Paleo. Uh, the paleo, the... basically the paleo diets, if you can't pick it and you can't kill it, you can't eat it. So if it went through any process to become food, you can't do it. That includes dairy, fruit juices. Mm -hmm. um, it includes anything, any type of meat that you couldn't buy at a butcher shop. Mm -hmm. So it's not no deli meat, nothing like mm -hmm. that. No sausages. Uh, mm -hmm. Bacon is okay if it's nitrate free, but if it's been cured and nitrates or anything like that, you cannot have it. Um, yeah, no are... potted meat, no canned vegetables. Uh, um, now that's probably loose, but I think there's a heavy preference to to raw produce section bought vegetables. Yeah. Frozen. Uh, frozen's okay. No yeah, absolutely. But most of the time canned stuff has additives and that's the reason right. why they're canned. Uh, and then fruit is absolutely, you know, you don't do dry fruit because it has sugar added. So mm -hmm. no sugar added fruit. So basically fruit from the produce section yeah. uh, or frozen fruit. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, no dairy, no sodas. Um, black coffee with MCT oil or unsweetened tea or water. And... Uh, uh, the only thing like whole whole foods wise you can't have is you're not supposed to have white potato or legumes. So no beans and no no well, white I, potato. I think Whole Thirty has actually changed their stance on white potato. They have Whole Thirty has so. Paleo. I don't think has. Yeah. Now those again, those are there's a slight difference between the two, um, and mainly I think it's in the dairy and potatoes, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, 
So they're okay with the potatoes as long as it's not dairy. Like, so you, you don't do mashed potatoes. Yeah, absolutely. You can, do, well, you like, can do mashed potatoes, but Sandy actually has an awesome mashed potato recipe that has uh, coconut cream yeah. and some other things in it. And that's actually a really fucking good mashed potato yeah. recipe. Yeah, the ghee and um, coconut cream. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the only dairy we you can have on paleo or uh, Whole30 is either whole butter or ghee. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. raw what, milk? Um, yeah. Raw milk, yeah, all that's all that's no go. Well, um, so really. I, I think a lot of so the whole thirty, a lot of the reason behind it is trying to improve el- gut health, uh, yeah, okay. and eliminate yeah. any kind so of so dairy. Allergy. So it's like an elimination diet, basically. Yeah. And then the goal of whole thirty is after thirty days, you, you start add to add back in certain food groups. Okay. Whole food see. groups is what you're supposed yeah. to right. healthy still. Like you, you, but you, like you take a week and you add back in dairy. Does and if dairy doesn't bother you, issues then. Then you uh, keep dairy. Yeah. Just, just a warning. <laughs> if, you, if anybody takes any time off of dairy, the first time you have dairy, you're gonna it shit causes your pants. problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is like, kind of like, like <laughs> it's probably telling in and of itself, probably. <laughs> but like, I, I have a specific story. Like me and Sandy started paleo in college, and I had gone like six weeks without any type of milk whatsoever. And you can ask Sandy, I'm an absolute whore for milk. <laughs> like, I love like. I love chocolate milk. Everybody loves chocolate milk, but I love plain white whole milk. I can eat it with, I can drink it with my spaghetti. I can drink it with cookies. Oh. I don't fucking care what it is. I can drink whole milk with anything, honest to God. And uh, anyway, I just had a, I was working, like many college kids, I was working in a restaurant, had a stressful night, late night. It was one or two in the morning. Uh, at the time, I was splitting time between me and Sandy's apartment and my mother's house because mm-hmm. I worked in Coleman. We lived in Athens. It was a big thing. Um, Got off work real late one night, stopped by the gas station, was like, fuck it, I'm going to have a whole quart of milk. (laughs) Chugged that shit before I left the parking lot, and the (laughs) instance I took that last drink, I had to shit my pants. I I had to shit. I guess all there is. Like, when I tell you, and it was probably another five or ten minutes to my mother's house, and when I tell you that I barely made it to that toilet, (laughs) like, I'm talking about the instant that 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 container left my fucking lips. It was like, I have to shit, and I have to shit right now. <laughs> I almost shit my pants that day. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was a long time. And another, a more recent thing is I had done uh, the carnivore diet for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Sandy broke down, and for Valentine's Day, I did World Carnivore Month in, in January, mm-hmm. uh, which is a normal thing. And I'd done that for four or five, I guess it had been six weeks at that time, because it was Valentine's Day. So five, five six weeks. Sandy's... Just like I'm a whore for white milk, Sandy's a whore for pizza. And uh, Sandy said, let's go to Mellow Mushroom. And I said, you know what? I haven't had anything like that in forever. Went to Mellow Mushroom and it did not mess my stomach up. But I had such a bad, like allergic reaction to it that I had to take like half a bottle of Benadryl to like calm down. Like I couldn't fucking breathe. Quit sneezing. And it was from all, it was from all the dairy and it was from like the gluten and stuff I hadn't had at all. All that to say this, it doesn't mean I was allergic, but I had developed a sensitivity of it from not having right. had it in a while. I mean, that's just so. Anytime you do paleo or whole thirty or carnivore diet, because those are elimination diets, you probably need to be careful about how quickly you add things in. You don't need to add things in on a binge because you will potentially shit your pants <laughs> or not be able to breathe. <laughs> Both those are are high risk things. Just ease FYI, into it. just ease into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I learned that the hard way. But uh, no, we, we've messed around with keto. Um, we've messed around with carnivore. I have. Sandy yeah. hasn't. Uh, 
both of those didn't go well for me, by the way. For the for the record, both of those things did really well for me until they didn't. And the problem we're talking about calories in, calories out. The problem with both those things is I can figure out what I like Mm -hmm. in both those diets and manipulate them to to overeat. To overeat. Yeah. Absolutely. And I you know I, I have an admitted and I'm in therapy for this, I have an admitted, you know, binge eating disorder and a history of uh of uh you know, anorexia and stuff like that. So, like, I have an unhealthy relationship with food. But I would just figure out the things that I liked. And, like, with carnivore, you can still have milk. Yeah. So, I would just drink a gallon of milk a day. That's a fucking lot of carbs and a lot of fat. So, I mean, or honey. You can have honey yeah. on the carnivore diet. So, like, fuck it. I mean, a bunch of honey. And I think it's like, it's like dude, I, t- I totally will. So, like, the problem is, and it goes back to my original statement, the plan you can stick to is the plan that works, typically. The problem is, when you learn to manipulate those plans, and unfortunately, I like to consider myself, I'm a very emotionally intelligent individual. So, like, I can absolutely manipulate myself into thinking this is 100% compliant, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to get what I want out of this. And I made the point the other day, um, the people that are successful at carnivore, keto, paleo, whatever it may be, or even veganism, are the people that are willing to stick to whole foods. Like the, the vegan that sticks to whole vegetables, whole beans, whole rice, unprocessed food, I guarantee you is more successful in fitness uh, and overall health than the guy that eats Doritos and purple the purple bag Doritos and and uh, tofu. I, I promise mean, you. Oreos are I promise vegan. you. Yeah, Oreo, <laughs> oh, fuck Oreos are vegan. I promise you the guy that is eating whole vegetables is better off health-wise and everything else than the guy that's eating well, the, the purple is, bag of Doritos and, and Oreos. I guarantee goddamn to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fat. And the same thing with keto. If, you, if you're... Everybody's got... And I'm fat too, so I don't mind saying... If everybody's got that fat friend that's trying keto, if they're the type of person that's dipping their fucking... Uh, cheddar cheese and ranch dressing and eating salami or pepperoni or something as their mm-hmm. keto meal. I got I got news for you, man. <laughs> the guy like Albert that's eating chicken salad or a steak or or steak and broccoli for dinner, something like that, is eating whole food is about to fucking smoke your ass. Yeah. Like you're not gonna fucking do it on meat sticks and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like as, as keto as it may be, as as compliant as it may be, you're gonna get your ass kicked by the guy that's eating steak and broccoli. Every time. If you're a vegan, you're going to get your ass kicked by the guy that's eating whole vegetables and whole rice and whole beans every fucking time. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The thing about processed food is it is engineered to be addictive. And it's also engineered to be, it's it's engineered to be palatable. Yeah. Which causes it to be engineered to be. I mean, it has, it has chemicals and additives and salt and sugar and everything that is, you know. Tastes good. It's amazing. Yeah. It's meant to give you a serotonin bump. Like it's meant to make you have cravings for it. I mean, it, it's addictive food, and and it makes it hard to stop eating because it tastes so good. Um, and it it's hard to break that habit. Yeah. Um, it really is. So I think my heaviest recommendation. I'm okay if somebody can stick to a fad diet and do it well. If some uh, Albert, I hundred percent trust if he can go do keto and be hundred percent whole foods when he does it, I trust him to do it. Um, when me and Sandy do whole thirty or paleo, um, that's fine. Not so much myself, but I can trust Sandy to do it. As Sandy, uh, apart from being my wife, she's also a client. Like if I tell her to do this, she can she can go do it. Um, again, the best diet's the ones you can stick to. 
But I will say this, in the world of athletics, um, just a plain old calories in, calories out, we're gonna track macros diet is vastly superior and I really do believe in the low fat, high carbohydrate approach, whether you're gaining weight or losing weight, and I think, I think it's superior. I think it's been superior for me, I think it's been superior for clients. The problem is, as a personal trainer, and the compromise in this is, is someone willing to do it? Me personally, it stresses me out to log and track. Mm -hmm. So sometimes fad diets just work better for me because as long as I'm compliant, I know that I'm okay. Um, but my heavy preference professionally is the traditional stay away from weird fats, you know, seed oils, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, basically eating low fat, high carbohydrate, high protein diet. And I think that's tried and true is the way to do it. Now, the good thing is, and another diet me and Sandy have done, you've done, all three of us here have done, that's really, really good about a, a good macronutrient balance that could be considered a fad diet is the vertical diet. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's just in general for a performance diet. This is not something I feel like everybody should be doing, but for somebody that's a powerlifter, strongman, crossfitter, something like that, the fact that it's all super easy on your gut, there's no bloat in it, um, you can hit your calories easily, you can also eat under your calories easy, it can be manipulated super easy and 100% compliant to something and it all tastes good, vertical diet's pretty fucking far up there in terms of superior fad diets in my opinion. And I, I don't know how y'all feel about that, but that's my take. Well, I think the vertical diet in general is really meant for people that are consuming huge volumes of food, right? right. Like and it's easy food to digest. Bloat is tied to, to so that, huge volumes of food. Everybody yeah. that's done yeah. it. Yeah, so that you can get more calories in and more nutrients out of the calories that you're getting. Um, and, you know, it, he has a lot of guidelines for which types of vegetables and mm -hmm. stuff to make sure that you're getting They're all low FODMAP. Live. If you don't know the FODMAP yeah. scale, um, that's a list of foods from lowest amount of bloat calls to highest. Um, and things that are high on the FODMAP scale, typically for athletic endeavors, it's not necessarily that they're inherently unhealthy. It's just that if they're more likely to make you bloat, anybody that's ever ate a shitty meal and strapped their belt on before a heavy set of deadlifts <laughs> knows it sucks yep. to be yeah. bloated in the gym. Any, and that's the whole point of the vertical diet. Anybody yeah. on a healthy gut. in yeah. general trying to go and strap Yeah, you know, when you're eating, you know, when you're eating five, six hundred, or a, sometimes in Nathan's case early on, a thousand calories over maintenance, mm -hmm. uh, the bloat fucking sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks bad. And the beautiful thing about the vertical diet is, hey, I can eat 5,000 calories and not feel like I've ate 5,000 yeah. calories. And I think that's the whole, I think you're right. I think that's the whole point of it. Yeah. But, um, that being said, we've done a million fad diets. Take everybody through what we're doing now, how you meal prep, uh, everything like that, because that's what we're here for tonight. Is we want to hear you talk about how you cook, yeah, and how you prepare for it. Okay, so <laughs> diet wise, for me, I think the thing that works best is for for myself is just calorie tracking and logging. Um, so I know, you know, at any given day what my maintenance calories should be. Right now I'm in a cut, so I'm eating 1,900 calories uh, approximately to, and you know, doing 30-ish minutes of cardio a day mm -hmm. and then plus my workout. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, for me that works the best. Um, and then, so I take my calories that I have to have in a day and I try to split that out over five meals um, is what I like to eat. Um, I have, you know, time at work, I have break times and stuff where I can do that. I know not everybody can do five meals a day, um, but that works for me. So um, so when you you start to plan out like meal prep, um, 
That's the first thing that you want to do. Know how many calories you got to eat and how many meals you're going to eat a day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and that's know. based on, that should be said too, this is a trainer's perspective. That's based on convenience. Not everybody, not all of you listening right. is going to have time for five or six meals a day. Yeah. If you have to do it in two or three, that's fine. Just know yeah. that you're going to, your volume of food is going to suck. Yeah. But, no, uh, but ideally, it is like, it's not so bad when you're in a calorie surplus, but when you're in a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. it's Protein timing is very, very important. So you want to make sure that you're getting a minimum of 25 grams of protein every, you know, three-ish hours at least. And preferably a half hour before and a half hour hour after your workout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so deficit calories, it it matters a lot more. You know, whenever you're in a surplus, I mean, you have to eat a ton anyway when you're in a surplus. But your body is not metabolizing or metabolizing the muscle that you already have as nutrition um to or you know for energy needs and stuff like that so you can get away with not having quite so many like so frequent proteins so an example of that is i you know before i hired ron i had a bodybuilding coach that had me on a cut and i was eating about 300 grams of protein a day Mm -hmm. yeah sounds extremely excessive but the fact of the matter is when you're in a calorie deficit protein synthesis is much worse it is way worse. Um, Mm -hmm. and because of what sandy said your body well, actually cannibalize muscle first because it's higher in nutrients than fat is. So when you're in a calorie deficit, when you're losing weight, um, most people have a heavy, you know, heavy tendency to lose a lot of muscle mass on the, as they're losing weight. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's something both of y'all are living through right now, yeah. which is mitigated by the fact that one, you're eating healthy diets and two, you're doing a, a program that helps with muscle building and yeah. you know, endurance and stuff like that. But, uh, but by and large, most people are gonna lose muscle on a cut and hitting that protein goal, an excessive very amount of protein, yeah. is very, very important to uh, maintaining what muscle mass you can in yeah. a deficit. Yeah. I mean, so normally, like if I'm uh, if I'm on maintenance or in a bulk, I can get away with like 30% of my daily intake of calories being from protein. But when I'm in a cut, I tr- really try hard to shoot for like f- at least 40%. Um, yeah, so, so my protocol typically for clients is 0.8 if they're in uh, maintenance or yeah. a surplus. And then we're getting closer to one or one and a half grams times their body weight uh, if they're in a cut. Yes. No. That's typically my protocol. Um, you can, if you know somebody's really, really strict at eating, especially with somebody's in maintenance or surplus, you can get by with a little less. Uh, that being said, I definitely have a higher, higher preference for the 0.8. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in, a, in, a, in a deficit, the one to one and a half is definitely beneficial. Yeah. And I will say that working with Grant, that's the first time I ate as high as one and a half. And that's a lot of fucking protein. Yeah. yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> um, but in general, I think that if you're shooting for about a gram per pound of body weight, um, you're probably about right. And, yeah. and even in a deficit. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I mean, basically like know your calorie intake, what it needs to be a day, um, split it out over the number of meals that you're going to be eating. Mm So I eat five meals a day. Uh, so I'm trying to get 400 ish calories in per meal. Um, sometimes I get more, sometimes I get less. Um, it all kind of comes out in the wash. It all kind of comes out in the wash. The the biggest thing is making sure that I hit my protein numbers at every Mm -hmm. meal. Um, and, uh, and so from there whenever you know about how, what your calories look like, then you start to build your menu for the week. Um, so what I do for Zach and I, cause I, you know, I kind of have an idea of, I've been doing this for a while uh, for the both of us. So I know 
for us to hit our numbers, um, how many ounces of meat he has to have, how many ounces of meat I have to have. Mine's generally five to seven, depending on what I'm doing. Yes, yep. five to seven uh, ounces a meal, and then I try to go shoot for like three to five mm -hmm. a meal. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, I start, you know, I, I, I decide what we're going to eat for the week. And I already, I have a lot of recipes in the bank that I have researched and modified um and i know that a lot of people don't know how to do that um because it's you know most recipes that you find are meant to be palatable mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that's not to say like whenever you try to make them healthy or low fat or fit whatever, still tasty yeah you yeah, can still make them tasty um but uh but yeah so so reach research recipes that you think you want to eat like um and uh and then you know you can look and see what it calls for so uh like you can do a healthy baked ziti recipe they might call for like italian sausage and some fatty ground beef and you can substitute that for turkey sausage and lean ground beef um yes and it might call for full fat cheese and you can sub in you know low fat cheese and things like that you know you kind of you kind of start to build you figure out how you're going to modify the recipes and you start to build a grocery list mm -hmm. um and uh so i think and when she's talking about modifying these recipes um and she said it in a pretty simple way but if you find a recipe you like it's just a matter of making better choices on ingredients yeah absolutely yeah. like yeah. so i mean if it calls for you know x amount of mozzarella cheese um if you want to make it healthy it's pretty simple just buy low fat mozzarella cheese yeah go part if skim it, if it and calls for ground yeah. if you have to yeah if it calls for ground beef up for 93.7 over 80 20. yeah mm -hmm. you know i mean it's i mean it's i think people i think people are really intimidated by making those those uh substitutions and they're unwilling they're kind of unwilling to do it yeah and i think that's the reason why people feel like they're missing out on food when they're on a diet because they don't necessarily know how to do that but it's not really something that has to be overthought it's literally just as simple as I'm going to buy low-fat ricotta cheese for this lasagna recipe right. as opposed to buying one thing that me and her use a lot is chicken italian sausage when she, she makes yeah. me uh she makes me lasagna pretty regularly it's an awesome recipe and uh i guarantee you none of you would know that it was a healthy recipe when you ate yeah. it and it's right. fucking awesome yeah the um, macros in it are great but it's but it's just it's just a matter of she bought gluten-free noodles she bought low-fat cheeses she bought low-fat meats and just follow the recipe outside of that to a tea yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the modification she's made. Yeah. Use same spices, same cook time. Uh, and I'm probably oversimplifying know. this to a degree because Sandy's really great at what she does. But uh, but really, it's just about making, really, at the end of the day, it's just about making the healthier choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, I mean, you know, I, th I think... Uh, I think people get intimidated by that. Um, and especially, like, if you're trying to, like food modifications like I can't have eggs I'm allergic to eggs mm -hmm. um so I you know you can do research on like if you're baking stuff an egg modification is like carbonated water who knew that um <laughs> yeah um yeah but it does great uh yeah. and like baked goods and uh you know Zach tends to have a problem with gluten so instead of regular noodles we just make a swap to like gluten-free noodles or hell if we're and, doing grilled cheeses we do sourdough instead of regular bread yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's just a pretty, pretty simple, pretty mm -hmm. simple swap. Like, uh, we're really not. Well, I think the beautiful thing is, if I want a cheeseburger, she'll make me a cheeseburger, and it can be macro friendly. It's just the difference is yeah. I'm eating ninety three seven beef, where you're eating ground chuck. Yeah. You know, I think it's just you know, is it is it as good of a burger? Well, no. If I'm being no. if I'm being honest, like probably <laughs> well, not. No. But I mean, 
Let me ask you something. Would you rather have the cheeseburger or not have the cheeseburger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most most of us people have like, most Americans have a problem with fucking shitty ass <laughs> fast food style stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I'm here to tell you, I'm yeah. a burger junkie. Like, if it means eating 937, just give me the burger. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll eat the 937. I'd rather have the burger than not have the burger. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's, it's as simple as, like, a simple thing. If you have a gluten intolerance like I tend to have, fucking sourdough bread's good. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing out on shit eating sourdough bread, no. to be fair. Especially on yeah. burger or something. I eat sourdough bread for a year straight, pretty yeah. much. And I yeah, that's something it. that I, That's something I picked up from the vertical diet. Yeah. I, yeah. I never so, would have known that. For people listening, it. sourdough bread is less glutinous. It's ninety nine percent gluten free, and it's because of the process it goes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the ferm- the fermented process of the dough actually, what gets fermented is the gluten, so it gets changed into another type of energy, another type of flavor. So, right. um, because that gets burned in the fermentation process, that's largely gluten free, and it's a very yeah. low bloat super easy to digest bread Mm -hmm. and i think most of you know that you know if you eat we're in the south right so if you like (laughs) the breadiest of breads is like a biscuit right if you eat a brisket it makes uh, a biscuit it makes you feel like you fucking swallowed a cinder block yeah like you don't get that feeling with sourdough and that's the benefit of it funny enough i had a biscuit maybe like a week ago and it makes you feel like shit literally felt like a rock in my stomach yeah Yeah, it was great don't get me wrong i was like this is so good we went to cracker barrel and i was like at the country boy so it's like yeah. steak and eggs and <laughs> apples That's, and hash browns for the record if you go to cracker barrel and order anything other than the country boy you can get the fuck out now <laughs> there's a couple pancakes there. you need pancakes the blue how, how many let me so how good. many fucking country boys have you ate though oh so uh, yeah exactly when, when, <laughs> when, I, when i worked there that was what i would eat at basically any point in time, like even <laughs> even at night, like if I did a night shift, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have. It's it. I'm definitely doing a country boy with a medium a medium rare steak, yep. scrambled <laughs> eggs with cheese, doing the apples. Now I did um, I'd like hash brown do, casserole. I like to do my eggs over medium and mix it with my hash brown casserole. Oh. That's probably that's legit. Like, I, I, I like an over, over easy egg on top of my steak too. Yeah. Oh gosh. So, so we do. Uh, we have figured out like uh, steak rancheros. Yeah. Uh, and you do like she's allergic to eggs so she I don't can't, get yeah, I can't do this anymore but um but yeah I mean we tend to do like a leaner steak but it's yeah. so it's mm-hmm. so good with a ribeye uh but you can do it with sirloin uh so yeah like, like just grilled steak and eat over easy eggs and Valentino's is the trick with lime juice and cilantro yeah if you're not um it's so good <laughs> um if you're not eating Valentinas, you're not fucking doing Mexican. You're not doing Mexican food, right? Period. I mean, it's just, there's no, there's no way. Yeah, that's the best, like, that's elite in my world so of hot good. sauces. It's like not really hot sauce and it's not really enchilada sauce. It's like, I don't It's know. somewhere in between enchilada and hot sauce. It's spicy as fuck, but it has so much more flavor than like Tabasco or something. Yeah, like it's so good. We eat it on a lot of things. <laughs> uh, we use it as, uh, as a steak rub the other day, we, yeah. we did a Valentina's base, and I did Valentina's and brown mustard as the base, and then we did uh, a dry rub on top of that. Uh, it was just on a sirloin, so it's not spectacular, but it was pretty fucking elite. It was, yeah, it was really, really yeah, good. It was good. Um, but back to back to milk okay, prep. We kind of got on a tangent. Yeah, we love food in here. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man. Um, but yeah, so so you figure out your calories, you develop your meal plan. Um, and so when it comes to figuring out what you're going to cook for the week, I do everything on Sunday. Um, it's the like it's the day that I yeah. have off um, and have designated to meal prep. 
Um, so I, when I'm picking out recipes, I try to make sure to pick out things where I can utilize the whole kitchen and be as efficient as possible, right? You don't want mm -hmm. 10 things that's waiting on the same pot or oven time yeah. or the crock pot, right? Because then you'll be cooking for Elaborate on ever. what type of equipment we have. So, yeah, okay, yeah. so we have an air fryer, an Instapot, um, crock a pot. crock pot, oven stove top like most people, yeah. um, grill, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we use the most. And, and to be honest, like the air fryer is a great tool um, I don't whip it out that often. Um, it's it's good for like like we like to cook wings in it on like a weeknight yeah. um, when we don't have a lot of time or vegetables are really good in it. But I just don't. I, other than that, I don't really don't. So mostly when she makes this menu, she's planning for a grilled item, a stove topper, oven item, and a crock pot. A crock pot and a yeah, crock pot. That's item. that's yeah. typically what I what I try to shoot for. Um, so like a. A pretty standard meal prep uh, week for us would be I've got this Hawaiian barbecue like pork recipe that it's like cheater barbecue mm -hmm. um, and uh, and it's super easy you just line the crock pot with like three strips of bacon and then you get a lean pork like tenderloin yep. and you salt the shit out of it uh, <laughs> with sea salt and then you just slow cook it for 10 hours and that's it yep. you don't put anything else in the crock pot can we all um, agree that one of the one of the uh the easiest and leanest sources of protein that tastes the best and is completely underrated is a pork loin. Yeah. I used to eat pork, like a pork tenderloin. Like Everybody talks about every chicken day. and fish like it's the leanest fucking thing on the planet, but pork, is so pork tenderloin is yeah. so fucking lean. It tastes so good. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's easy. Yeah. yeah it's super, super easy. easy. <clears throat> so easy. So, so like we do that a lot. And then um, I'll pick something out for the stovetop, um, which is tends to be something with ground beef so we like on that on that note we like um we do a lot of taco flavored things like taco mm -hmm. bowls with like mm -hmm. white rice taco meat yeah and uh some type of vegetable in it sometimes yeah. most times some type of kind of almost vertical diet compliant and it's yeah. probably a bell pepper or something like that yeah. um and then uh, another thing we do because ironically white cheeses are relatively low fat anyway so we typically do a lot of italian so yeah. Yeah. she mentioned baked ziti spaghetti i think we're doing spaghetti this week yeah um that can all be done relatively low fat with gluten-free ingredients yeah. and yeah. it's good so yeah so this is kind of this well i'll go over what we're going to do for this week because it's kind of a we're trying some new stuff but um but yeah and then i'll do like a grill uh, a grill meat so I really I don't like to do chicken in the oven because it gets dry yeah. and it's gross and I also I like we eat primarily chicken thigh because yeah. it's not that much higher and it, in fat it holds and it over so much better than chicken so breast. much better yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, leftover talking, is so much better than a chicken breast yeah you're talking like three to five ish mm. grams of fat like who mm -hmm. gives a fuck about three to five <laughs> grams of fat honestly like if you guys are eating for performance Three to five grams of fat is nothing. Negligible. Right. Yeah, negligible. Just log the fat. shit and cut the fat somewhere else. No. Yeah, like don't eat the dressing. Or no. like eat a tablespoon less. I don't know. Like right. it's not that big of a deal, but chicken thighs are way worth it. Boneless, skinless. Uh, and then I'll do like an overnight marinade or at least at least four to six hours mm -hmm. uh, marinade uh, in, the, in the refrigerator. And then I'll grill that because yeah. it turns out really good so I, I do like an argentine chicken recipe that's really good and then like a greek chicken uh recipe and then just like fresh veggies and rice and stuff with that um, you've been tearing up asparagus yeah lately yeah just fucking roasted in a, like salt and pepper and roasted at like 450 or 425 in the with, oven for like 20 minutes with non-stick cooking spray <laughs> with, uh, with non-fat non non-stick cooking spray and it is 
freaking elite. It's basically zero calories. And then we do, uh, <laughs> and then we do. She does another one that's. Uh, I'm a uh, hoe for some okra. Yeah. It's part of being living in the South. Yeah. Um, I love fried okra. Way. And traditionally, fried okra in the South isn't that crap that you get from restaurants that's completely coated. It's cornmeal and it's blackened, basically, mm. is the way fried okra is supposed to be. But her okra recipe, it doesn't get the cornmeal, but she basically does a non-stick, uh, non-fat cooking spray. And then it gets cayenne, black pepper, and salt. And then she she basically broils it. And mm. uh, it tastes just like homemade fried okra, like we're used to here in the South. And there's like minimum effort. And it's fucking delicious. Yeah. Like, it's, it's really good. She does it the same way, basically, the asparagus is done, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, so I think something I didn't talk about is, uh, so whenever you do your calorie planning, you know how many grams of protein you have to have per meal. Mm -hmm. um, and then whenever you go to build out your recipe, I think that's something people have a hard time with is deciding how much meat that they actually need to purchase. Mm -hmm. So you just take, you know, basically your amount of protein that you have to have and for that many meals like if you're going to make four meals or five meals out of that uh you're like 25 grams of protein and you multiply that by five and so you're like okay well i have to have this many grams of protein and how much meat does that equate to and you can do the calculations through my fitness pal mm -hmm. or calorie king or there's a lot of good apps out there um, but that's going to help you determine how much meat to buy to split between your meals and then that's going to that helps you decide. So whenever you're building your recipes out, um, sometimes you can get away with the recipe as it is. Most of the time for us, I have to like double or triple the recipe so that we have enough meal prep. Right. The way that I determine that is how much meat we have to have. Um, and because most everything is centered around protein and then we just kind of add and subtract carbs and fat. Uh, for um, me, that's something that happens a lot too that she's not telling you is if because I have a higher, a higher uh, requirement of calories and protein than her, is she might manipulate serving sizes. So yeah. if it if it, the recipe is supposed to serve eight, there might be a need for it to serve six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and then, I do that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then then that's just a matter of plugging that recipe into my fitness pal and just simply setting the serving size from instead of eight, you set it to six. Yeah. yeah. And it splits it for you, but but all that should be accounted for. Hopefully, like. Yeah. And again, I think she mentioned that obviously my calorie needs are different than hers mm -hmm. vastly. I probably eat twice or more yeah. than mm -hmm. she does. Um, but uh, it goes without saying that, you know, you need to be mindful of uh, your serving size might need to vary from the actual recipe serving size. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> starting out until you, I've, I've been doing this for so long, it's hard to remember what people don't know. No. But uh, yeah. but starting out, um, I think a good thing to do before you go grocery shopping even is to build the recipe in MyFitnessPal. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it, download it um, because it's a great app. Um, so yeah, build build your recipe in MyFitnessPal and and play around with the numbers. Uh, you can you know go back and edit mm -hmm. how many servings it makes until it hits your calorie needs and your and your uh, protein needs, right? Yeah. And then, based on what that recipe says, that's what you go by. Um, and eventually, it becomes second nature. And you, you just know, I, I have to have, you know, when I buy chicken, I need at least a pound for a week to, for four meals, right? Mm -hmm. I need a quarter of a pound a day um, yeah. is what I need for a chicken meal. And yeah. Zach needs, you know, so this week, 
Um, we're gonna do a beef stew recipe, like a veggie beef stew. Uh, we're gonna do a, a spaghetti recipe, and we're gonna do uh, basically like monster hamburger. Yeah, yeah, we're doing monster mm -hmm. mash, which is a vertical diet thing. It's just yeah. like rice cooked in broth, um, and then just some plain hamburger meat. And he can season it however he wants when we do that. So right. he can add ketchup or mustard. Yeah, what I do is I do. Um... And then, because I'm a fast food junkie, I've, I've admitted to that. Um, tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger if you do uh, the, vertic the vertical diet monster mash recipe. Um, basically unseasoned, salt and pepper mm -hmm. only. Uh, if you do mustard ketchup and dill pickle relish, uh, right. and then a low-fat cheese, like low-fat cheddar melted mm -hmm. on top of it, tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Yeah. It's fucking excellent. You can eat it with a spoon, no bloat. Like it's, it's an It really is amazing what you can do with plain beef and rice because you can make it taste like whatever the fuck you want to taste, right. it taste yeah. like. so so i um, but i figured out for you know for four meals a week uh zach needs a pound and a half of ground beef yeah um and then that gets him about six ounces uh of beef mm -hmm. per meal like raw beef and I, I like to do raw numbers because whenever you cook it like if you cook it too long it dries out mm -hmm. some and you lose some weight and it's a lot less accurate than just doing the raw yeah you yeah, know. for sure. And then, I, and then, you know, what I do is I split it out between four meals. Like I, you know, get the scale out and I just evenly distribute it between four different Tupperware dishes yeah. to make sure that you're, and, and that's the most accurate way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, Everything's done on a food scale. Everything's be, done on a food scale. You know, if you don't have a food scale, go buy one. Oh, cheap. I was about to say, th yeah. things that you're going to need for this, we should have done this in the beginning, but you need a food scale. You obviously need measuring cups, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some things like rice that cooked a measuring cup. You're not just talking about measure. You're not just talking about measure, weighing and measuring things that uh, are going into a dish, but you may have things that are already prepped that need to be measured. Yeah. Um, you know, a serving of rice for me typically is about a cup. For Sandy, it's probably about a half cup. Like having you know basic utensil, you know, kitchen utensils if you don't already have them, yeah. uh, is important, super important for the meal prep process. Yeah. Process. And the, no, nothing more important than a, uh, a scale, a food scale. Yeah. So, um, and then a measuring cup because, you know, if you, you know, I like milk, fruit juice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's incredibly beneficial to know you're drinking eight ounces of milk and not 20 ounces or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. Because if, if it's me, I'm going to drink like fucking 30 <laughs> ounces of milk. Yeah. Um, Sandy is my witness. I will, I will drink all the milk at one time. Just take the cap off and just chug it. He does um, so that being said, you're, you're making us, um, is it fair to say you make us about three meals a day? Uh, yeah, so... We, one together, we cook fresh every night. We typically do a steak and a vegetable. Yeah, we do lean steak and vegetable, mm -hmm. or fish and vegetable. We, we, had to, we did fish yeah. this week, yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, like, a lunch meal and then a breakfast meal. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, uh, you know, I don't know how Zach supplements his, which we're, we're changing things up a little bit this, this week to give I'm him I'm fucking fat. I need to get back options. in my, in my, in my fucking, uh, uh, in my fucking, uh, I need to get back in my weight class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I'm a little bit over right now. Um, uh, so I'm adding, uh, Ron's already given me 10 minutes of cardio a day, but I'm going to go back to, uh, I'm not necessarily doing 75 hard, but I'm going to go back to 75 hard protocol. Mm -hmm. I'm about to pick up the cardio quite a bit. And uh, with the exception of podcast nights, I'm probably going to go no alcohol because I am in prep. You shouldn't drink alcohol during prep. Mm -hmm. FYI. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but I'm about to go no alcohol, it's a significant amount of cardio back. And I'm also going to about to try to rededicate myself to a, a diet plan. 
And one of my problems, as I mentioned before, is binge eating. So what me and Sandy has decided is this, is that we're going to go about 4,000 calories, which is about maintenance for me, to be fair. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go about 4,000 calories of loosely vertical diet foods. And I say loosely because I, I did kind of sneak him on the vertical diet. Yeah. <laughs> neither neither one of us uh, neither one of us have the patience to do all the horizontal part of the vertical diet. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're basically doing loosely vertical diet foods. Yeah. And uh, the reason I'm eating so many calories is I have a binge eating problem. So the the hope is that if I'm just completely overfed with all this healthy food, I'm just not going to want to. Yeah. Not going to want to eat it. I'm not going to want to eat anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's the strategy there. That's what we're going into this week. I can imagine Sandy probably has already done the math list. But I can imagine the meat for me this week is going to be between somewhere between six and eight ounces instead of the five mm -hmm. to seven. Um, it's going to be significantly more rice. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you know, quite a bit more prep involved. And then breakfast, typically, we do put something pretty light. Uh, you want to tell them what we normally been doing? I turned yeah. Nathan onto this. What have we been doing for breakfast? Oh, yeah, it's great. No, so you can do these sheet pan egg whites. Mm -hmm. um, and it's literally just cart egg whites poured into uh, a sheet pan mm -hmm. or a baking dish with, like, he so heavily... Uh, spray it down with some non-stick cooking <laughs> <Yeah>. spray <laughs> and then uh, 325 in the oven for like 20 minutes mm -hmm. um, and you get this like perfect little stack of egg white that you can cut for sandwiches and stuff mm -hmm. um, so that's what we've been doing for Zach uh, little English muffins with sourdough sourdough mm -hmm. English muffins with egg white um, ham and then cheese and yep. it's, it's fucking awesome it's yeah. about, they're about uh, I think my macros work out they're about 290 calories a piece about 20 ish grams of protein um so i kind of get to mix it up uh most mornings i do it with a glass of milk um which i use fair life so it's a little higher in protein a little less less in carbs mm -hmm. um and then sometimes if i'm really hungry i just eat two of the motherfuckers yeah <laughs> i mean it's, it works out and most of the time when i do two i don't do the milk with it but right. um but i mean you're talking you're still talking about you know sub 600 calories yeah. for and a relatively large breakfast. So cheap, too. Yeah. I mean, so like, cheap and so macro friendly. Like so is, convenient for what we're doing. This is basically what you were eating at Starbucks. It is. So I'm a like Starbucks a hoe. Of the price. Right. Yeah, so like I'm a Starbucks hoe and I was going to get these, uh, you know, these turkey bacon egg white sandwiches yeah. that's on an English muffin and mm -hmm. they're fucking $5 a piece. And I can literally have as many of those as I want to at home for. I mean, I can eat four of those for the price of one. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? That's what I started doing. I still buy my coffee out sometimes, but for the most part, I'm eating breakfast at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an extremely good hack. We got some other breakfast hacks too. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of overnight oats. I've done that in the past. Yeah. Um, I have a suspected allergy to oats now, so I've backed off on that. Mm -hmm. But you can actually do cream of rice recipes that are similar yeah. to overnight oats um, that are legit too i haven't i have a box and i haven't done it yet but i'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah. but um so i i can't eat eggs so my breakfast looks a lot like some nitrate free sandwich meat and sliced apples and peanut butter <laughs> poor girls have a pretty sad breakfast right now <laughs> that is pretty sad um, but hey you know what it is hella micro we do i would definitely suggest shopping at Publix too because one thing we do sometimes is we buy nitrate-free sausage from Publix, mm -hmm. and I think that's probably a little tastier breakfast option for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can is. do that, yeah. Um, um. But uh, for me, too, though, breakfast is such a thorn in my side because if I eat shitty at breakfast, I have a bad attitude about it, and I'll be like, fuck it, I'm eating shitty the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. it kind of so sets the tone. So most of the time, if I, can, if I can set the tone and eat correctly at breakfast, it sets the tone for the rest of the day, and I can avoid some mm -hmm. bullshit. Yeah. And that's so important for me at breakfast because for a long time it was fat, you know, fast food breakfast and might be healthy the rest of the day, but shit, 
I love breakfast food. I can eat mm-hmm. a thousand calories at breakfast, no oh, yeah. fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Like, knock it down and be happy. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, a chicken biscuit from Chick Fil A is right. like mm, uh, so for me. For me, Chick Fil A and cheese so biscuit. Many... I always for me at Chick Fil A, oh, it's, it's a it's a ten piece chicken mini. Yeah, and that's nine hundred. That's like nine hundred sixty calories. Actually, pretty favorable micros for the record. <laughs> I'm not I'm not necessarily condoning that because it's so much, <laughs> but they are relatively favorable micros. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that was my go to for a long time, and then McDonald's order is uh two sausage mcmuffins and uh an apple fritter yeah, yeah. And that's easily knocking down about 1100 calories by the time you have your coffee with it and everything like right. that so like well, the last time the I... breakfast part is really really important for me in meal prep sandy yeah. recognizes that and that's the reason why we've taken advantage yeah. of yeah 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 and you know there's some other hacks we're trying this week like um bought we don't normally keep sodas at the house but we did buy diet soda um, and, and, and the reason being is I've always been a Diet Coke junkie, mm-hmm. but uh, this is Sandy's idea completely. But if I stop in a gas station and buy me a Diet Coke, the last likelihood of me picking up a Twix or a Reese's <laughs> on the way out is pretty no. fucking high. So we've just decided we're going to start keeping soda at home and y'all can like it or lump it. For the record, y'all need to listen to Lane Norton talk about uh, aspartame because if you think aspartame is bad, bad for you, you can just like... fuck all the way off um that goes back to the devil you know is better than the devil you don't we know sugar causes all kind of problems yeah and we call we know it causes people to eat in a calorie surplus Mm -hmm. and diet drinks don't have it yeah so like you can bitch and moan about aspartame all you want to but at the end of the day we know sugar causes problems and we don't that study is about aspartame's like meh it could Mm -hmm. do this but we don't really know right Right. so i mean that's 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 our justification but anyway i'm a diet coke junkie Sandy decides that we're going to get Diet Coke so that I don't stop make that stop anymore. So mm-hmm. it's just about, um, and I know this, I struggle with food, it's been admitted, but it's about making these like small concessions and making these mm-hmm. smart moves so that you're just not put in harm's way, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then, if I have uh, breakfast ready, I can put one of those sandwiches in the microwave for 45 seconds and yeah. it's ready. Yeah. yeah. Like at best, even if you go get fast food, you're going to be in the drive through line two or three minutes. Yeah. So sure. you're, you're, you're already saving if I'm, and I'm as a small business owner, I absolutely believe that time is money. Oh, yeah. So it's already saving me time. When yeah. money is money, it's so much cheaper to yeah. meal prep than it yeah, is to abs- eat out. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. but if I don't leave the house till ten till, I don't have time to go sit in the drive thru if I'm going to be a, if I have a client train at seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I have, do yeah. have time for forty five seconds in yeah. the microwave, yeah. even if I have eaten my car. Right. Yeah. So like it really even saves how much gas money do you save just yeah. burning it yeah. up in a fucking drive through line. Yeah. Um, and I have to tell myself this regularly because I fucking struggle with this. Like my go to meal, fuck today before I went to the gym, I had a fucking bag full of chicken nuggets and McDoubles. Mm-hmm. I can fucking knock out fucking 5,000 calories worth of McDonald's like that boy. Like, yeah. like no problem. Like, but you know, the less you put yourself in harm's way, the less likely you are to. Yeah. To be in harm's way. And yeah. this is pretty fucking simple when it comes to meal prep. Yeah. And I think that it can't be overstated. Um, the magic behind all this is the convenience. Mm-hmm. Does it suck for Sandy to have to cook eight hours on Sunday? Yeah. But that's the last time she has to cook that week. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it, <clears throat> I mean, but these are like, these are the changes that you make, right? So, so now I have lunch ready for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to leave campus at all to go get food. It's right there. So I eat really quick. And then guess what? I get to go take a 30-minute walk, which I always do every single day. I take Mm -hmm. a 30-minute walk on my lunch break. That's 30 minutes of extra cardio that I get in where I would be drive, like, 
changing out of my, my uniform, driving to a fast food restaurant, picking up food, eating food, and then having to clock back in. Yeah. Um, I don't have to do that now. Um, you know, stay in my uniform, scarf down. No telling how much money cooked. we're saving in the process. Yeah, and, absolutely. Know, let alone time. You know. Yeah, time and getting to add in healthy habits because mm -hmm. you're not spending time somewhere else. So I think, you know, and... and and you can, so I, I feel like I've gotten meal prep down to be pretty efficient where I'm not, I'm only spending like three to four hours a day now instead no. of eight trying to cook, you know, I mean, so. Um, so Again, that comes get, from our strategy of we're going to do one thing on the grill. The, yeah. the convenience comes from one thing on the grill, one thing on the crock pot, one thing on the stove top. Right. And that's, you know. Yeah. And then plotting out your time too in the day, mm -hmm. right? So like the first thing you do in the morning is to get your crock pot food on yeah. and then get your food that needs to marinate, get it in the marinade. Yeah. And then you can chill out for a little bit. And then later on in the day, you start, you know, actually cooking everything. You start um, your vegetables and your, yeah, your, your stove or your oven stuff. All that stuff and, cooks fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that stuff cooks really fast and you kind of just get it all going at once and, uh, and you don't have to spend so much time in the kitchen. Um, yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still time well spent, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've definitely enjoyed doing meal prep for myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was 2019 when I really started meal prepping. It was about, that was, that was about the time me and you first started uh, kind of getting together. together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would just... The first thing I started doing was like just chicken and rice and then mm -hmm. I had like steak and potatoes because it was like I was trying to put on weight because I was 180 pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. I was 180 so pounds one time. Guy in here. I know, it's kind of hard to believe though. It's hard to picture. <laughs> but you can see with his weight loss because he's lost he's down 20 pounds, you can start to see like vague pictures of old Nathan. <laughs> but like he's still so much more fucking massive than he used yeah. to be. It's uh, it's definitely a, 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 I would say even at his, he's pretty thin right now. But I think even at that, he's a much more massive two ten <laughs> than the last time he was at two ten. Yeah, which I'm, I'm not even at two ten. Yeah, I'm but you're two sixteen. But, but still, but, like, last time you were here, fourteen. I guarantee you're a better two fourteen than the last time you were two. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, but you know that's a good point though because you did a lot of meal prep in the beginning and you still do now. Mm -hmm. But that's underrated with hard gainers because I think that as a personal trainer, I hear people talk about. How a dirty bowl so goddamn much. Yeah. Like eating this and eating that. We need to talk about what my previous bulks have looked like. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of, I can have however much beer I want. <laughs> yeah. That's a basic, well, Sandy, it boils down to beer. Everything boils down to beer and pizza. But you know, for real though, you have these people that'll fuck, they'll spend like, they're willing to spend like $20 on pizza. Mm hmm. And like, I'll talk about meat and potatoes food. You know what's super cheap and tastes great? Fucking ramen. Yeah. Like you could be eating a steak and ramen every night to help get that weight on and do it at a much higher capacity, a lot more food. And truthfully, even though ramen is super, so, super sodium heavy, probably do it a lot healthier than you would with, uh, with a pizza or some shit like yeah. that. Like meal and prep is even incredibly important. And you know this from, from having lived it. Meal prep is incredibly important for you hard gainers too. Yeah. Because, 100%. Because when you, a lot of people, and I've talked to people who are skinny too, and I was like, "Yeah, I was skinny once too," and I, you know, I, I did a lot of change. And they're like, "Oh, but I eat all this food," and I'm like, "You really don't, because you're not tracking your food. <laughs> you really ain't got a goddamn clue." You, 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 you say, "Oh yeah, I know, I'm eating three thousand, four thousand calories a day." I, I look at them like, "No, you're not. 
Yeah. I can look at you and tell you you're not eating that much. Yeah. You know, you can say whatever you want, but until you start tracking it, you don't know how much you're eating. Yeah. And well, that's what's made a huge difference one of the, for me. One of the problems with people on a dirty bulk too, with their, if they're talking about dirty bulking, all those things are, we just mentioned it and well, we've mentioned it throughout this whole conversation. Those things are things that are high in bloat. Mm-hmm. You eat pizza, you're probably going to be bloated afterwards. Anything that's super high in fat and then super high in like some type of uh, pro- heavy processed carb, like flour, yep. stuff like that, typically going to make you bloat pretty bad. I'm glad you ate a whole pizza, but like if you didn't eat, if you couldn't eat anything for the next 12 hours because you had a whole pizza, are you really bulking? Right. I know, but you just made yourself, you feel like you're bulking because you just made yourself uncomfortable with the pizza. Yeah. Like, you ate four cheeseburgers at McDonald's. Good job, dude. Like, enjoy the next four hours of bloat. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to eat dinner now. Like, right. So there's so much power in eating a clean, healthy food, even when you're a hard gainer, mm-hmm. because you can physically just eat more food. Yep. Like, being smarter about it. And now, I know you had to eat more calorie-dense food. It's probably a lot more pasta than you're getting now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a lot more bread. And like, you know. Oh, my, my whole Part of your carbs and stuff. Like. Um, and a lot, uh, probably a lot higher fat. But at the end of the day, if you're eating healthier foods, you can have more of it. Mm-hmm. You can have more of it quicker. Talk about meal time, yeah. timing. With yeah. Sandy was also is also a hard gainer. She's lived yeah. this too. Um, if the healthier the food is, the more of it you can actually eat because yeah. you're not swollen, bloated, and feeling yeah. miserable. And it's uh, it really is understated, not talked about enough with hard gainers. How the much value there is in meal prep for that yeah. reason. Well, like, like being a hard gainer too, and you probably went through this where you're just not hungry. Like, yeah. You know, and oh. that, you know, uh, and if the food's not there for you, to, it's not already cooked for you to eat. Like, wow, I'm not hungry. Why would I go through the effort of going to get food or cooking food? Right. When you're already just like, I'm so full from eating however long ago. Yeah. You know, because. The, the devil that, those highly palatable foods too. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. that I, I remember that struggle because it was every morning I'd eat my four eggs with however much ham and cheese, and then I'd be like, "Well, now I got to drink my masking," <laughs> and I would be sick to my stomach every time I'd drive to work drinking that masking shake. And then I'd I'd work for a little while, and I'd, I'd not be hungry at all, mm-hmm. but I'd be like, "I got to eat lunch." Yeah. And I worked at a restaurant at the time, so I made a sandwich and I ate it. And then get through the rest of the work day, go home. Like, I'm kind of hungry, I guess, but I'm not yeah. really hungry. I don't want to eat, but uh-huh. I know I have to eat. So I'd eat again. I'd go to the yeah. gym. By the time I get out of the gym, I'd be like, well, I'm not hungry, but I know I got to eat. And I'd eat again. It was just that over and over yeah. and over again until your body finally adjusts to how much you're eating. Yeah. And then it became, oh, I'm a little bit hungry yeah. when I'm getting there, when I'm at my meal times, I'm hungry when I'm at my meal times. Yeah. So bulking it, that's really all it is, is just getting used to how much you're eating. Yeah. yeah. Once you get and to that point, it's like, oh yeah, it's so uncomfortable at first. <laughs> well, especially, well, I mean, like eating healthy, like I, on a, even on a cut, like I took all my food into work uh, this past week and some people were in the break room, like as I'm walking in, I'm like putting my food mm-hmm. in the refrigerator and somebody that's not used to seeing me like eat at break times mm-hmm. was like, are you going to eat all that today? And I was like, this is my whole, this is the whole amount of food that I have to eat today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's because so many people, again, are used to eating like highly palatable, super, super calorie dense foods. And they're used to doing it one or two times a day. Yeah. That's basically the American diet, right? Like we're going to go eat, 
you know, close to you is we're going to go eat fucking 1,000, 1,500 calories and fucking McAllister's for lunch. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, six hours later, we get home and eat dinner. It's going to be, you know, half a bucket of KFC and some mac and cheese. And then I'm going to bed and that's the only thing people eat. But, you know, they've ate, you know, 4,000 calories before the day's over mm-hmm. and two meals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I understand that it physically Sandy ate more food, but... But the quality of but the, the food. quality of the food, yeah, absolutely, and that's again, you know, when it comes, uh, my whole point of this was when it comes to hard gainers, like, do you need more calorie dense food? Sure, absolutely. But I'm telling you, in terms of the level of comfort and having a force feed and those things that you were talking about, my experience as a trainer says the healthier you can do it, the more comfortable that force feeding mm-hmm. and stuff can tends to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the FODMAP scale really helps on a bulk because mm-hmm. uh, because if you're eating things at a low FODMAP and you don't feel full. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to eat that next meal when you don't feel full. And it's it's easy on a bulk too if you're eating healthy food and you're meal prepping to just just add more rice. Or add a spoonful of olive oil to your rice. Well fuck, I've had I've I've had I've probably had twenty clients that have heart that are hard gainers. Uh, and I typically, I'm not going to lie to you, most everybody I have initially, even if they come through me for power sports, I'm going to cut them initially um, because I want to see that they can dedicate themselves to a diet. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to add weight after that if they need yeah. it. Right. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. What was the last, your last point? I'm dumb. <laughs> um, well, we, were, we were all over the place. But we were, uh, you know, basically I almost always, always start somebody with a cut and make sure they can dedicate themselves to a diet. I remember now. Um, a lot of times, this is the truth, a lot of times um, these people will cut and then out of convenience and know that they can stick to a healthy diet, I will have them do the exact same diet and just add a mass gainer shaker to a mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Not a lot of fucking science to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, hey, this has worked for you. you. Do you feel good? Does this, you know, do you feel a lot? Do you feel athletic? Do you feel nimble? Great. Like, let's pick up some weight now. Let's do a mass gainer shake a couple times a day. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a supplement. Mm-hmm. You can make that stuff at home, mm-hmm. a whole milk, a peanut butter, and uh, whatever protein source you want to buy, or, you know, that, that stuff can be done. Uh, hell, old school football players used to do it in milk and peanut butter and honey sandwiches. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a million ways you can do it. But, uh, you know, you basically add two massing meals a day and leave them the same. Yeah. yeah I've had uh, several clients that that's worked out for really really well for uh, uh my my good buddy chris therese is a, uh, actually really fucking strong bench presser uh super super tall guy and you'd never think that he was as strong as he was but i mean he ate relatively healthy most of the time we did two mass gainer shakes a day in total he was consuming about 5500 calories and he just got fucking strong <laughs> like with very very little you know and and didn't really eat any bullshit yeah so you know, you can manipulate, you know, if you're a hard gainer, you can manipulate it that way. Like, great. Like, if you're used to a healthy diet and you want to continue a healthy diet, good. Just add two of those shakes a day. Yeah. Seems cheap. It doesn't necessarily seem like the professional answer, but calories are calories. Yeah. Whatever's comfortable. So, but I definitely highly suggest, even on a, even on a bulk, I don't believe, I don't think I necessarily believe in the dirty bulk. I do believe yeah. um, better high quality foods and then more of them is the answer. Yeah. yeah. I think so, so. too. Especially from an athletic standpoint, because when you just eat bad foods all the time, you just don't feel good when you're mm-hmm. in the gym, you're working out, and it just ruins your whole day. Yeah, I mean, a bloat can keep you from getting in a good position on the deadlift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can really affect, I don't know if you've ever ate a classic powerlifting mistake, 
Go eat some fucking hot wings and then go back squat. Oh, God. And tell me you don't want to vomit after every freaking rep. Yeah. Or, uh, that's a classic example. Like, don't eat fucking bullshit before you go to the gym. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're bulking, cutting, maintaining, whatever yeah. you want to do. Uh, if you eat bullshit, you will fucking pay for it. Yeah. Period. Or eat something that upsets your stomach and then yeah. you're shitting your guts out the whole yeah, workout so, session. So that's a, that happens too. I, mean, I could have a whole I could have a whole fucking podcast episode on this tirade. I had to learn this the hard hard way. I've always been a caffeine junkie. I've always liked my pre workout. But let me tell you something. Um, caffeine in small doses can absolutely increase performance. But if you're taking some of these extreme pre workouts, and I'm a owner of a nutrition store that sells this, this stuff. These really, really high caffeinated pre-workouts, if you're a power lifter in particular, I can't st- say everything about, maybe less so in bodybuilding, but if you're taking consuming so much caffeine that your heart rate's so jacked after a set of eight or set of 10 that you're having to puke or feel like puking, you've had too much caffeine. That is not performance enhancing at that point. You're not adding anything to your workout. You're being miserable for no good reason. And one of the smartest things I've learned about my diet has been caffeine restriction. And when employed correctly, it is a performance enhancer. Mm -hmm. But when you're just overdoing it all the time, it can absolutely hinder you from a workout. Take a scoop of pre-workout that's extremely strong that you're not used to and go try to pull a set of 10 on deadlifts. And if you don't feel like puking... You're fucking lying to somebody. <laughs> Especially, you know, us, us bigger guys that have a little higher heart rate, a little higher blood pressure anyway. Um, it is not particularly comfortable. Sandy's a very small, very fit person, and she's never liked it for that reason. No, I don't like, I mean, well, I'm really sensitive to caffeine anyway, mm-hmm. but I hate I hate the high heart rate feeling and not being able to, like, you can't, you feel like you can't catch your breath. Um, you can't recover between sets. Um I don't know. I just don't. It, it makes you feel like like you can't, you know, taking a rest between sets and getting your breath and slowing your heart rate down is really important to having a good next set. And whenever you have too much caffeine in your system, you can't do that. Um, and it's hard on your nervous system. And uh, I don't know. That, go, a lot of that goes understated in, in, in nutrition, how much you're actually supplementing. I believe in, you know, a, a protein supplement can be convenient. Creatine is the Creatine only thing over the counter yeah. that yeah. is proven to help performance and stuff like that. Um, I know, like I a su- pump because they're fun. Yeah, yeah. A, pump, a pump is a fun product, to be yeah. honest with you. And they are actually are good for heart health if they're not accompanied by that 400 milligrams of caffeine yeah. that we're talking about. Um, you know, there's stuff like that. You know, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have a problem with, but. I'm here to tell you, pre-workout's overrated, and I'll tell you where it's especially overrated, not just in the gym, but it's on meat day. Yeah. Especially when I have a new lifter on meat day. Everybody's nervous about squats, and everybody knows it's done a meat. When you get the first squat out of the way, it all feels a little bit better. But anxiety is so high, do you really need fucking 400 milligrams to the ticker and to be just more nervous? Right. Does that really fucking good for your... Your squat performance? Absolutely uh, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get, uh, you know, you get squats out of the way. If you want to take a little pre-workout before you bench press, before you deadlift, I'm all about it. But like, God, that's a, that's, that can be a bad recipe, especially for a new lifter yeah. uh, that has going to have all the nerves yeah. anyway. But uh, I guess that's my end of my tirade on, on pre-workout. But um, <laughs> that's all part of meal prep and part of what we're doing. Though. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. truth. I mean. It's, awesome. it's part of something you're consuming, and it is yeah. what it is. And in that same vein, talking about Sandy meal prepping for me and everything else, it should be noted that even though I'm eating mostly meal prep, um, 
because my protein requirements are so high, it's pretty normal for me to supplement either with skim milk or with a protein shake or two in a day. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, like, I have to have about 250 grams of protein at a minimum. So, yeah. it's pretty normal for me to don't feel bad about supplementing your protein. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're a big man. 300 grams of protein, 200, 200 plus grams of protein is difficult. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is to it. So. It is. Typically, lately, I've been in anywhere between 200 and 240. That's kind of mm-hmm. like my range. I usually, I usually end up right at 220, yeah. which I, is a gram, a gram per pound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just lost my thought there. That same thing happened to me. It's <laughs> it just kind of just like, <laughs> too much blue curse out. Maybe so. <laughs> it just blew my brain out, I guess. <laughs> the protein intake. Yeah. Um, oh, are, it's you, are you, are it's you supplementing protein? That's yes, what we're talking yes, about. that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. So typically it's like about the same as you like, I want to say I usually do about a half a pound of whatever meat I'm using. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I do for my meals. But I always have a protein shake every morning. It's, it's convenient. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's convenient. Um, I do tuna, tuna pouches. I used to put protein powder in my overnight oats. My overnight oats recipe calls for it. So when I eat those oats, it's typically 30, 40 grams of protein. And then I typically do about 20 grams of protein in milk if I do that yeah. meal. So, yeah, 40 to 50 grams of protein at breakfast. Uh, the sandwiches, about 20 a piece. And then I'll drink about 20 in, pro- uh, 20 in milk. So yeah. about 40 grams of protein for me at breakfast is normal. And then I'll drink, uh, for a snack, I'll drink two or three cups of milk at a time. Mm-hmm. Or I will supplement, I like the Core Power brand protein yeah. shakes. Yeah, they're really They're good, 42 actually. grams. They taste like a milkshake. They're great. But um, rarely ever do I use protein powder at home unless I'm baking with it or making the overnight oats or something like yeah. that. I typically just don't like that shake too much. So I'm uh, just pulling up my my fitness pal because yeah. that's, that's where I track all my stuff. Um which I'm doing very similar to you, the English muffins. Once you told me about them, I made them last week. Mostly, and it was a really good timing because I had to work like really early two days out of the week. It's like, there's no way I'm getting up. Because normally I do scrambled eggs with mm-hmm. like ham and that's my breakfast. Um, when I started doing the muffins, I use the whole eggs because I just... Tastes better. It does taste better. Yeah. Um, but mine turn out to be about, well, that's with the protein shake, but about 500 calories for yeah. one of mine. Um, Including the protein shake? No. No. No, that's just the, the whole egg. Because no, you're using the whole egg. Because the whole egg, and then I'm doing like, it's like roughly one and a half eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so quite a bit sandwich. more. You got a quite bigger sandwich than I Yeah, do, my, yeah. my sandwiches turn out pretty big, um, but it's great. Yeah, solid. And you know, part of this meal prep thing, and um, I don't feel like we really, I I really feel like we could almost do a whole other episode on this because we really didn't get in in depth enough. But I think that people have this idea that they're just going to have to eat fucking chicken and broccoli and white rice for the rest of their life. No. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is we absolutely eat the things that we want to eat. I mean, I probably last week, no, it was two weeks ago, because of the way my macros were broke down. And I kind of changed things up a little bit. I had a little, you know, lower carb, higher protein things earlier in the day. I had calories and protein left over at the end of the day. I had two or three pieces of pizza one day. Yeah. Because my calories were there. My protein was there. There was no problem with it. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. And when 
I think that's something that people don't really pay attention well, to. You know, because, you know, the power, I guess, I'm getting at is being able to cook at home. If I want lasagna, or like we said, we have a spaghetti this week. We're having spaghetti. Is it cooked with low-fat beef? Sure. Is it going to have low-fat cheese? Yeah, sure. But don't, uh, again, I said this about the cheeseburger earlier, but don't you think eating that is better than not eating that? Yeah. yeah. And it's just a matter of, is it still better than what you're going to buy at a restaurant when it's homemade? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if the restaurant uses full-fat ingredients, you're going to get yeah. some bullshit compared to what it is right. homemade, right? So, yeah. like, I think that for the most part, we pretty much eat what we want to mm-hmm. um, and manage to do it pretty healthy. Uh, don't don't sad, like, sacrifice a lot of flavor. No, we know? really don't. And, you know, at, at night, you know, we season our steak like we want to. The difference being is I would much prefer a ribeye, but because, <laughs> because I only have X amount of calories in a day, we eat sirloin and... Uh, I'm a huge beef eater, so to me, a steak's better than no steak. Yeah. I'll eat the fucking sirloin yeah. if it means I enjoy a sirloin, to be honest with you. You know, I've had a lot of, I, I think, I think actually my coach Ron has talked about how he prefers lean meat over a fatty meat. Yeah. I don't. But, but I, I can eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is, yeah. it is what it is. Um, uh, and like I said, a steak is better than no steak. Yeah. And you learn, like, too, whenever you're, it, so cooking is a lot of trial and error. And it's really scary to start out with. And it feels very overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, I haven't always been a good cook. Uh, I I ruined our first set of cast iron skillets that we had. Because I didn't know how to cook in them or take Mm -hmm. care of them. And we did a lot of box dinners when we were kids. Because, like, box chicken pot pies and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, oh gosh, some, like, god-awful baked chicken tender, like, you know... Things with like dry seasoning and mm-hmm. dry shit and didn't taste like anything. I mean, it's like just like sad. a ton of trial and error. <laughs> yeah. So that brings me to and this, yeah. this will be a good closing point. Um, and we asked Elizabeth this about her bodybuilding show last week. Oh, Elizabeth's so meals make me so sad. Well, <laughs> and I know, I know she, she won't she, mind me saying yeah, she can, that because I'm she absolutely that, that girl can absolutely just mechanically eat plain chicken breast and and broccoli better than anybody I've ever known. Um, but. Uh, what, what I did ask her, though, uh, we asked this about the bodybuilding show, but we're going to ask this about meal prep. What advice do you have to give somebody just starting uh, their meal prep journey? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is this. So this helped me a lot whenever I, I heard this advice. And it was if you get overwhelmed, if you feel like you got too much going on in the kitchen, because it's really easy to do when you're meal prepping. Um, especially if you're trying to be efficient about it um, and you've got too much on the stove and you something on the grill and you can turn the heat off. Turn it, just turn it off, right? If you feel like you're like, Don't burn it, don't ruin it. Yeah. Just fucking stop. If you feel like you're panicking about something, just like take whatever is on the stove off the stove or turn the grill off mm-hmm. and like collect, <laughs> collect yourself and get things in order. And, and, you know, you can turn the heat back on and start over. But like, um... That, I mean, that's the biggest thing is like, it's, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. I think mm-hmm. whenever you're, you're starting out. Um, one good thing that you could do is just kind of like, you know, when you first get started, you just do one thing at a time and yeah. you gradually add in things like, okay, I know I can handle the grill and the stove top yep. at the same time. Same thing with like working in a kitchen. Like mm-hmm. you, you eventually just kind of get to a point where you can handle everything that's going on around right. you. And it's it just becomes second nature. Right, you start to you start to like you got meat browning on the stovetop. That's whenever you start chopping your veggies mm-hmm. to add into the pot, right? Like, um, if you feel like the meat's browning faster than you can get the veggies chopped, just 
you know. So in total, your, your summary of that piece of advice is uh, just make it as easy as it needs to be to get started. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and start slow um, and give yourself, you know, some grace because uh, the first things that you cook are probably not going to turn out so good. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad cook. Um, it just means that you're un, well, an unpracticed cook. One thing that you've told me a thousand times is it's just about following directions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. yeah. And it does take practice. I understand it that. Does. But it's largely just about read the recipe, do what mm -hmm. it tells you. Yeah. yeah. And, and like Nathan said, do, if you start, have to start out with one thing at a time um, until you can learn that recipe. And, and once you start cooking a lot, you start realizing a lot of patterns to mm -hmm. recipes. A lot of things kind of follow. Like now, um, so I started with a Greek chicken marinade. Um, and it's like, I don't know, a tablespoon of red wine vinegar and uh, a quarter cup of olive oil. And then like you have your seasonings that you, you measure out and your lemon juice. So... Now I've taken that and I've modified it and I've made all kinds of different marinades out of it mm -hmm. just with different flavors. So I do like a chili lime marinade now. That's It's the same exact makeup. Same base. Same base. You're it, modifying it, the spices. Modifying spices. Instead of olive oil, I use avocado oil. And instead of red wine vinegar, I use, you know, I don't know, apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it, lime juice instead of lemon juice and right. different spices. and uh, But it... You know, you start to, the more practiced you get, the, like I said, the more you can pick out patterns and it starts to become second nature and, and you can do it faster and you can do more things at one time. And, um, but it just, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to get in and get your hands dirty and yeah. just, you know, start. Yeah. So. Anything else to add? Advice wise? I, uh. I don't buy a crock, crock pot if you don't yeah. have one. Buy yeah, I mean, get the equipment. Uh, <laughs> buy a crock pot yeah. and a rice cooker. Yeah, I don't do a rice cooker. You don't uh, oh my! God. Yeah, we actually yeah, had a conversation about that today. Yeah. But uh, I again, do, too, I do jasmine rice on the stovetop. No, oh, okay. No, it should no, go, no, no, it should no, go no. without. It should go without saying. You you definitely need that food scale I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So yeah. rice hack, always cook it in some kind of broth instead of water, and salt it if the broth is unsalted, and it will make your rice taste so much better. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm just saying this. I used to cook rice on the stovetop all the time. That's how yeah. I always did it. I started watching um, Uncle Roger, and he, no, rice cooker, <laughs> rice, cooker rice, rice cooker, rice cooker. And eventually, I was like, you know what? I'll just, they're not expensive. Yeah. It's like 20 or 30 bucks. And it is the best rice yeah. I've ever eaten. I like, I like, every that, good, we'll every I like that good sticky rice texture. Yeah, yeah. it um, comes out perfect every time, and it's just... It makes life so much easier. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm not eating rice right now, unfortunately. <laughs> but when I do go back to eating rice, I'll be using that rice cooker. We went through two rice cookers in a year because we used them so much, and they were they were cheaper ones, so they would just break down. Yeah. It's it's the best rice. Cooker. <laughs> okay. So it really I, I think it is about it's about time to wrap it up. But uh, we're talking about advice. I feel like this has to be mentioned because we're in December. What advice do you have for people in the holidays about to meal prep? Um, I mean... Y'all saw her face. <laughs> it, well, it's hmm. just, it's hard. I mean, holidays are hard. It's hard for, it's hard for me, and I feel like I have pretty good self-discipline. But, you know, you go to parties, and you want to drink, and there's always something delicious to eat, and you want to try a little bit of everything. And um, it's a... Uh, 
it's a hard thing to navigate. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I did really good this Thanksgiving. I only gained a pound. Um, I had been on a cut and, okay, uh, you know, and it, and that wasn't a, well, that wasn't a pound over like Thanksgiving. It was like the whole of November was mm -hmm. kind of hard, um, yeah. for us as far as just being busy and traveling and, uh, some other stuff. And, uh, but, you know, I have to say, I think Thanksgiving was easier for me because I am recently allergic to eggs. And in the South, everything that's delicious has, has egg eggs in it. it. A sweet potato casserole, so she, dressing, she really didn't have a choice. dessert has egg in it. Yeah. So I ate meat and green bean casserole yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> at every holiday party we went to, meat and green bean casserole, because I knew that that was, like, safe options. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean... You know, I think um, eating low carb the day that you know that you're going to go to somewhere like, you know, a holiday party where you're going to be either drinking or eating desserts. Just try to try to make sure that you're getting plenty of protein in during the day so that you're not starving whenever you get there. But keep it low carb during the day so that you're cutting calories out. Um, you know, it's really easy to binge drink over the holidays, but I think, you know, limiting your alcohol intake uh is huge because that's just unnecessary calories that you don't need um and sure alcohol's fun and this is called sip it and rip it uh but i mean these are also probably the only they are drinks. it is it is empty calories though yeah, yeah i mean it is like but it, it, at the end of the day meal prep wise goals wise in the gym um, despite the name of this podcast, despite that we're going to drink yeah. every time we're on this podcast, <laughs> it's it's bullshit for your gym goals. It, it, it is. is, yeah, it um, is it's good for your morale. It, it it can be good for morale. I mean, like yeah. everybody likes a shot of Whis whiskey before they deadlift. I was gonna say whiskey. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. That's, yeah. that's kind of where the name of the podcast came from. I, I think I think to add to what Sandy's saying about uh, about uh, holiday food, though, and I think we've seen some of this culture shift, especially with my mother. Probably not so much mm -hmm. with her side of the family. But you can bring healthy dishes to these things that taste good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sandy's gone as far to make, you know, relatively healthy desserts that have been good before. Um, My aunt um, makes these awesome Brussels sprouts that are like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, not, I mean, nothing bad in them. They're all whole foods. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you, know. you do have the option to bring whole foods dishes mm -hmm. or even if you want to bring a dessert, you do have the option of using whole fruits and maybe honey instead of a processed sugar or maybe even a sugar substitute. I mean, there's a million things that we've done. We've done uh, like the Oreo bites that people do with cream cheese and Oreos mm -hmm. and stuff. We've done a healthy version of that. Like those things are, those things are possible. Like you can contribute positively to your family's holiday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of these recipes, if you don't tell people that they're healthy, they'll never know. Yeah. Honestly, like if you run your mouth about it and say like, Oh, this is a healthy version of this. People are automatically going to be turned off by it and not want to eat it over the holidays. Yeah. But if you just set it down on the table like everybody else does and let people eat it, they're never going to fucking know. Like yeah. you can be a positive influence and 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 do something, help contribute something healthy to your mm -hmm. Thanksgiving or now Christmas dinner. Honestly, yeah. so yeah. And I, I will point out um, just because I saw this recently, Lane Norton was talk. I think it was Lane Norton was talking about you know over the holidays people eating too much, and he kind of was just like. Instead of like thinking about it, so like, oh man, I'm gonna gain so much weight. I think he what he said was typically you would gain like 0.2 pounds of body fat over one bad day of eating. Mm -hmm. So don't stress too much about it. Yeah, the stress that will can, probably make you gain more weight than the mm -hmm. actual food will. That can that can literally be gone in another yeah. day or two of solid yeah. dieting and and oh, plenty yeah. of water drink. 
So as long as as long as you just keep that in mind, I yeah. mean, I I'd say, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking healthy yeah, food. Yeah, there's I think, nothing wrong with trying to yeah. eat no. correctly during the holidays. But if you decide, hey, I I want this it's with not potato casserole, yeah. it's not an excuse to quit on your diet or do yeah. Quit right. Don't don't you yeah. don't be like, oh, I screwed up one day. I just don't. Right. I can't do this. I'm dumb. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, that's a detriment. And uh, listen, it's hard, especially here in. The southern part of the United States. I know this is true of the rest of the United States too. We celebrate everything with food. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do. Everything in the South is celebrated. If somebody died tomorrow, we're gonna have a potluck for it. Yeah. And then people would be bringing you food for the next two weeks yeah, because they because feel sad I, oh, for you. You, you know, you know you're grieving. You're grieving. Here's a pan of so and so's homemade homemade mac and cheese, or <laughs> here's grandma's you know favorite cake, or whatever yeah. it may be. And that's just the way we deal with things. It's it's unfortunate to some extent, but like those little things, holidays, you know, people passing away, things we typically celebrate with food. uh, Like you said, it's, you got to kind of take it in stride. Mm -hmm. You don't have to let one day ruin your whole week. And for that matter, you ain't got to let one meal ruin your whole day. Yeah. If you fuck up at breakfast and have a stack of pancakes, just know the next two or three meals you need to have. Super Chicken high and protein, rice, something like know, that. You know what I mean? Very like, lean. Yeah. Or a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just have a couple of salads the rest of the day, even it out. Like, yeah. don't let it be the end all be all. And uh, when, like, I mean, mm. mindful eating at holidays is, mm-hmm. is big too, right? I mean, like, like if you're gonna eat the bad stuff, like, in, prepare. Yeah, plan for it. Eat a healthy like, breakfast. Need a and eat a healthy lunch. Like, and then when you get to dinner, do what you need to. Eat it. Eat slow and like yeah. savor it. Like yeah. I mean, it's really it's good food. I, I, There's a reason I, why we like to eat. A it, fault right? of mine is when I get take to one of these time. when I get to one of these holidays, I don't want to take my time. I want to eat. <laughs> I want to eat six of everything, and I want to do it two or three times. Take yeah. um, the whole pan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sweet potato yeah. casserole at Thanksgiving, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I was going to reiterate that you're. Your family are communist if they uh, put marshmallows <laughs> on top instead of uh, brown sugar and, and pecan. What about uh, both? Uh, both is acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And then very, I'm, I'm a fan of both. The variation of the pecan brown sugar combo is fine too. Like I, I was talking to somebody that said that their family puts coconut in their brown sugar pecan combo. Yeah, I can see that. I'm good with that. Good. Yeah. I'm on board. I with would that. try it. I've, um, I've never had it. So, but just the marshmallows. Yeah, just just sweet potatoes. Your family has an inferior Thanksgiving, and <laughs> you probably should be rounded up and shot. <laughs> I, I can say this because I know my mom won't listen to this, but she likes. Uh, I think you actually like these. She likes those candied yams. Um, so I, 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 I do like casserole. <laughs> I do like those, but that is not a suitable replacement. No, for sweet but that's casserole. that's her replacement for sweet yeah, potato casserole. Sucks. It does. I will say this too: anybody anybody that happens to be up north listening to this. Sweet potato pie is superior to pumpkin pie, and I, <laughs> and I will fucking fight you. <laughs> I, I like them both about the same, personally. That's the same idea. Just it's, one has a superior ingredient, and the other one has an inferior ingredient. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know. But like, they are. I mean, they are the same pie. They, they, they are the same pie. They, the texture is the same. Like the color. Their flavor the same. Colors the same. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet potato is just a little spices. richer, and it and it's not a squash. It's an actual brick. I mean, it's an actual dessert yeah. ingredient versus pumpkin. Is just like what the fuck are you even doing? Here? <laughs> a blind taste test of pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie. We should do that. We, we probably should. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've ran longer than we've ever ran. Uh, dad jokes. Dad jokes. I have a food one. Let's hear it. That's okay. Great. Did you guys hear about the tornado that he hit? <laughs> that hit the cheese factory. I did not. 
There was debris everywhere. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. What about you, Nathan? I don't have one prepared. I'll have to look one up. You can go ahead. What do you call a guy that just finished digging? (laughs) Doug. Let's go see what Dad Says Jokes has for us today. I got mine off there, Dad too. Jokes. What? No, Dad Says Jokes. There we go. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Uh, what do you get when the sunrise bends over? What? The crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a fan of uh, that joke. Like that's a so. good one. <laughs> All right. Dad jokes are checked off. It's the longest episode yet. We talked Super and talked sorry. and talked and talked. Oh, that's fine. It's it's kind of one Ooh, of those it's sub- a complicated subjects. Yeah, it I really is. do we- think we could probably do a whole series on this because, yeah. like, even the advice she gave y'all is just like scratching the oh surface of meal yeah. prep. And that's just um, like we we could go into the the minute details of like. I lost it again. I'm sorry. We can do the minute details of every, literally every part of it, yeah. to be fair to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, so eventually I want to launch a meal prep cooking class. So, yeah. You know, yeah, there's a million meal prep services, right? Yeah. Right. Where they make the food, bring it to right. you. Yeah, but there's nobody that teaches you how to do it. But Sandy definitely has that capability. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I've helped, you know, Elizabeth and Casey came over one day um, and taught them how to grill because they, they just didn't know. Um, right. And so we went over like the basics of that. And I just think there's a lot of people out there that are don't know how to cook and are too intimidated to try. Um, right. And a class would just be helpful. They, yeah. they could just go there and instead of being like, oh, I, I don't want to burn all this food that I mm-hmm. got or whatever. They yeah. could go and learn exactly what they need to do. Yeah. And it like, you know, it, it's like anything. Uh, once you get into it, it's a lot less scary than you think it is. Yeah. Um, once you just get started... You can handle. You can handle it. You can yep. do it. You can do it. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. Um, right. But yeah. So. Lots of practice, but y'all can do it. It's a. It's a really good. It's a really good thing. Yeah. Positive thing in your life. It does take some discipline. Um, but it does. If you're willing to get into it, I can freely admit. Although I do none of the work, uh, it does make your life a lot easier. Shame. It will change your life. Yes. It will absolutely yeah. change your life. Um, that being said, we're going to link that uh, playlist we mentioned earlier uh, in this episode. Um, and then next episode, we're probably going to have uh, kind of a local legend on in Austin Blair. Yep. Uh, he's a great powerlifter in his own, uh, you know, in his own right. Um, has a ton of experience. Um, super fucking good dude. Good friend to me and Nathan. Uh, has kind of been a training partner to both of us, although we kind of we kind of all do kind of train at different times, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we're around each other a lot when we yeah. train, I should say. So, um, he's a really, really badass dude. Um, and I think uh, this will be the longest layover we've had. I think it'll be a t- because I'm coaching next week in Nashville. We're probably two weeks out from our next episode. So, um, but anyway, Austin will be the next person on it. And uh, we don't know what we're going to talk about. Knowing Austin, it's probably going to be some kind of crazy like Japanese porn or something. <laughs> he's a weird ass <laughs> well I, hopefully I, he doesn't make me talk about anime because anime is lame we we are going to talk about a, a, one specific thing we did want to touch on was sports rivalry okay. yeah absolutely I've mentioned yeah. just touch on that a little bit and uh, I've talked about it before um, 
I have I do take exception to the me versus me thing uh, that people pretend is important in sports, and I think that uh, I personally believe that me versus you in a rivalry in sports is good for you, the the competitor, and it's good for sports. And yeah. I think that uh, we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that. But uh, Austin's going to have his opinions. I can see in Nathan's face he has his opinions about it. Um, but I, I do personally think it's good. I think it, I think a chippy atmosphere is good for everybody, to be honest. I, I, I think that I would say me versus me in the gym is great. But you don't show up to lose. You you don't go you don't go to a powerlifting meet to beat yourself. Yeah. Like you go to be the best fucking person there. Whether you are or not, it's fine. And there's right. nothing wrong with it if you're not. And but you, you can show you up. Don't you don't go can, to lose. You can get well, drug. I mean, you can go there to get drug if you want to. And you can but, PR everything and be happy with your performance. Yeah. But let's be honest. Nobody goes there to lose. It's yeah. the same. But like, in it, on an everyday standpoint, me versus me, if you're pretty mediocre, like, you only have to do marginally better to be better right. than what you but were that's yesterday. The beauty, that's exactly. Like, I'm sure we're going to get know, into that. But it, the beauty of competition. Have, yeah. If you have is, good competition, then it causes you to strive and to push To harder. elevate. Yeah. To elevate. Yeah. Anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially but, if you really fucking hate somebody. Absolutely. I think me, me and Nathan's both. I, I'm very negatively Aren't motivated. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more uh, the next episode. But uh, we're going to talk about that sports rivalry. And we're going to have to probably listen to. Outside of that, we'll probably have to listen to Austin talk about anime for an hour and a half. But. Well, that, that is going to be <laughs> like, what inspired me to lift was Goku and Vegeta. And <laughs> everyone from Dragon Ball Z. I, I, I love Austin. Austin, you'll have to understand, this is, a, this is my closing statement, uh, and it's a precursor to the next episode. We all love Austin. Austin has a, a way of getting shit on when he's not around. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfair to Austin, a hundred percent. But let me literally just be said. Let it be just be said. There is nobody in the room that doesn't love Austin dearly, and he's an awesome, awesome person. Oh, it'll so. be it'll be the most fun episode you guys have probably had so far. I, I, I think it's going to be the most lot hearted for yeah. sure. There'll yeah, be a lot absolutely. of energy. Also, it's probably going to be the drunkest we've ever been. On an he's, he's gonna, We're going to do a lot of the sipping it and not very much of the ripping it. <laughs> well, let's just hope he either has a DD or he is comfortable sleeping on the couch. I guess. I'm sure he'll have a DD. Heather will be yeah. with him, I'm sure. So. Oh, I hope so. Good. I love Heather. <laughs> anyway, check in next, next uh, in two weeks from now for Austin Blairs. And uh, we'll get this up soon, huh? All right. It should, should be pretty soon. Uh, we are starting to upload on YouTube now. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the first one we made video of. I didn't know this was I did. Yeah. Uh, every now and then I did the, uh, I did the, uh, the gym thing and... <laughs> Check out the yeah, cut to the camera. So yeah. <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be some of that in there. I can't help it. I'm a big Office fan, so yeah. So <laughs> we'll, so you can find we will find uh, you will find us on TikTok at soon. Actually, I've already made the TikTok, so we're already there. I just haven't uploaded anything on it yet. We'll be on YouTube. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, all the best wow. streaming stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you can find our personals at Nathan Skedios on Instagram. Uh, I'm actually going to start using uh, the at Zach PT underscore NSCA. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my professional account. Uh, y'all are welcome to still follow me on my uh, my regular account uh, at Model Citizen 5.0 that I've yet to change, even though I don't own the Mustang anymore. And then Sandy here is not on social media, so if you need to get a hold of Sandy, just hit me up. So. Yep. 
Yeah. It is what it is. All right. So we should do a camera look before we leave. <laughs> Later. <laughs>